Hello, listening people. Howdy. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Uh, my name is Ryan Slowinski. Everything you've heard is just true, and I am Bartek, and that's also true. That is also true, yes. yes. And uh, why are we called Spin Polish, you ask? Well, great question, uh, me as you. Uh, the answer is because we are always spitting... And we both happen to be uh, Polish, isn't that right, Bartek? Still 100% true. Yep, that's... Un- I mean, Ryan is obviously a Polish name. Yes. Is it? Could be. I mean, I've met Polish people with the name Ryan. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. Nailed like, it. Like Slowinski Ryan? No, <laughs> just me. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, there's so many. I remember when I was like seven, I had a friend named Ryan, but I... He wasn't Polish. I didn't ask him. I didn't get his blood test. That's a good point. I don't know. You don't know. So... What we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, for those who are not in the know, which could be many, or could be none, we could just be reciting this information to the already faithful, which, you know, you have to just sit back, relax, and enjoy the explanation of what we do, which is we find movies that have not got the love and appreciation we think they deserve. And not only what we think, it's it's everyone should think this about these movies. These, these movies need more attention. They're not ones that are completely forgotten, but they're not ones that are completely remembered either. They may be starring people that you know, or made by people that you know, but you don't know the film. And that's where we come in. We do audio commentaries, full-length audio commentaries, and talk about the intricate nature of the film at hand. Because, hey, at the end of the day, someone made this. Time and energy and effort was put in to either the writing, lighting, directing, costume, cinematography, and acting. And that stuff, you know, you can't just overlook that, because think about it. There was some actor who spent weeks getting ready for a role, performing it, and it's forever lived on in film. And it's and and people just don't see it. People don't just don't appreciate it. People aren't commenting on the craftsmanship of these movies, whether it comes to the actors, directing, costume, all of it. So we are here getting a film each bit by bit. Yeah, yeah it's emotional. And Ryan, 101% truth. You got me. And we are going to cover an amazing film. Each episode we cover an amazing film. What is the amazing, unappreciated masterpiece, the gem that we are covering in this episode, Bartek? This film has a reputation. It is a film that we very much love, and we are going to tell you how great it is, but much like its brothers, Scooby-Doo, Empire Records, um, Sorority Boys, The Tuxedo, Monkey Bone, films that we've done on this show, it is featured on a list of films that are either formally acknowledged as Roger Ebert's most hated or have at most one and a half stars or possibly less. Today, this sixth film right here that we are going to revitalize. Prove is, Roger wrong. Prove him wrong. Is Schmiertelny Race. Alright, I don't know what that look I've been doing this show with you for what like 60 something episodes if that and each time you say something the title in another language and I always assume it's Polish because we are both Polish but I do not speak Polish so I can't guarantee to the audience that you are in fact in fact speaking Polish so I don't even know what you just said you could have just made up a whole bunch of words just to throw me off I don't, I don't know what we're watching Bartek 
Did you not listen to what I said? I said Deep Rising. Oh, Deep Rising? That's what I said. Deep Rising? Yeah. That cinematic classic. One of my yeah. favourite Treat William roles ever put onto film. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yes! Nin- I can't 1998, wait. I believe, right? Oh, well, you know, I don't want to brag about the movie, but it is, it is, the year 1998 was so long ago that this film could have been made today. You know, it looks so good. But, hey, Bartek. What? Usually we have a, usually we have a guest on and, and, and they usually help us talk about this movie. And this time we are joined by an amazing guest, aren't we? A guest who recommended this film to us. Oh, okay. A guest who said, hey guys, I don't want to do Starsky and Hutch, which was their previous (laughs) movie that they came on the show for. I want to do Deep Rising. Which Who is that amazing person? Well, I I mentioned this a couple of handful of episodes back that we've had two guests on this show with this first name, that first name being Sam, but this one isn't the Sam that we had on last time. This is the Sam that we had on the last time before the last time. It is Sam Langsford! Hello! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you took my wonderful recommendation. Oh, Sam, it was always a wonderful recommendation to have Deep Rising. Sam, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm currently melting, but I'm doing better in this nice unair-conditioned room. Hey, hey, we're going to be watching a movie with lots of water, so that will keep you mentally cool. Yes, I'll just imagine I'm these characters running from something that is uh, just a lovely thing to have around when you're cooling down in the water. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to spoil it yet. So, guys... Get your copy of Deep Rising ready, because I imagine everyone has a copy of this. Sam, I mean, I, I imagine that you have a copy of Deep Rising. Uh, it's a pirated torrent, because I've literally never found a copy of this legally. <gasps> not even on iTunes? No, not at all. When I had to find this the first time when I was a small child. Not uh, even in your heart? No, couldn't find it in there, because it was more filled with terror. Um, <laughs> had to find uh, find it on late night TV at about 11pm on Channel 7. When oh, I was a young yay. lad, and I recorded it to VHS. Did it have all the ads? Yes. Oh, you weren't very good then, were well, you? Well, I was asleep at the time. Oh, well, that's a defence. So, get your copy. I mean, don't be a pussy like Sam and not have a copy. <laughs> have your copy, a legal copy, obviously, because we want the filmmakers to get the kickbacks. I think Stephen Summers deserves that money. He deserves that money. It, it kind of sounded like you said illegal, Ryan. No, get your legal. A Don't be like legal. Sam. Get a legal. Don't be Sam, the pirate Langsford. I've been called a pirate many times, but usually it's got butt at the start of it. Remember, it's <laughs> like it, it's pirate. like guys. It's like with letter grades in school. E, that's low. That is very low. Oh, there you go. So, get but A is high. We're gonna so not E. e. What? I don't know if any school ever actually gives E's. Doesn't it just go straight from D to just, F? Just, just look. Just no school it. gives ecstasy to the children. And you're <laughs> so in conclusion, in conclusion, illegal, bad, illegal, good. Illegal spelled with an I, but we'll get on with it. Get your copy. It's phonetic joke, Ryan. Your phonetic joke. <laughs> Thank you. So get your copy because we're going to start this in three, two, two one, play. play. So we are now. Two seconds in of this amazing film. I can't wait for where we're all... My favourite second in this movie is, in fact, nine seconds. Oh, there it is! Oh, it's so good, Sam. Is it different from eight seconds? I thought uh, that was it was very though. different from eight. So this is one of these movies that... We've had very few movies on this show that start with text mm-hmm. on I the screen. And this text... This text is very interesting because it made me realise 
that it doesn't come into play very much into the film. Like, the film doesn't end with text. It it just starts it. You know, their disappearances remain... Their disappearances remain a mystery until now, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, they filmed the film. So, Bartek... Me. Had you seen this movie before we had to cover it for this episode on the show? Oh, no. I, I think 24 hours before this particular recording that people are listening to is when I first saw it. And did it did it make you wet? Um, this part here did because <laughs> I thought it was the Metro Goldwyn Mayer Lion. <laughs> what? The the sound that plays during this. So you thought this was just the roar from it, the... No, no, no. It sounded like the Metro Goldwyn Mayer, but he was very cranky. Well, he's underwater. Lions don't usually live there. Did you remember the <laughs> sound that plays during this bit? It's a lot of whooshing, isn't it? From my speakers, it sounded like a lion just going crazy. Well, evidently, you just it gave us an example of that being the case. Hey, I rewound and listened to it again. Well, there you go. What about this opening title? That's the best title drop. Day Yep. It's better than the original title. Which was? Bit of a spoiler. What was the original oh, title? Tentacle. Tentacle. Oh, that's right, it was. My favorite porn. So, <laughs> exactly. I was also hey, like. Let's not get into the YouTube comments now. There's definitely was, <laughs> some people who get off this movie. I was like Bartek very much. I had not seen this movie until I had to watch it 24 hours ago. <laughs> I only knew of it because uh, Sam here said I should watch it. Even before we did this podcast, he was like, oh, one of my favorite movies is, is Deep Rising. <laughs> you should watch it. Cause For very particular reasons. Uh, and I was like, nah, I'm good, Sam. I'm not going to watch it. And what a fucking idiot you, I was. You were a fucking Ebert, Ryan. I was yeah. an Ebert. You fucking... Ah, Ebert. Yeah, what a knob end. So he didn't understand the brilliance of this movie. I didn't understand it. And Bartek didn't understand it. Understand it. But we both understood it, Bartek and I, once we viewed it. Mm-hmm. Thanks to mm-hmm. Mr. Sam here. Sam, yeah. could you tell us your very long history with this movie? Uh, it was Millennium. It was me as a nine-year-old on the Gold Coast, and my brother decided to tell me all about this movie and show it to me just before we went down to the pool. Um, probably not the, be- not the best idea for a guy who's still scared of the Martians from Mars Attacks. Ah, I love the Mars Attacks. Oh, they're horrifying. Um, but anyway, it's one of my favourite films, mostly because it features one of the great loves of my life. It's not Treat Williams, I'm afraid. <laughs> for no. A, for it... a gay man, I'm irrationally in love with Funka Johnson. Funka Johnson. What how is it pronounced? Um, no, it's pronounced Funka. No idea how to pronounce her surname. Don't know if it's a soft J. I Janssen, think you or it's know. Janssen. How about we call her Johnson? Uh, okay, Funka Johnson. <laughs> She's the one that played Trillium. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Zenya on a top, Golden Eye fame, Jean Grey. Yeah. That terrible Jean... Hemlock Grove TV show. I've never seen anything of her work outside of Deep Rising and Golden Eye and X Men. Fair enough. House on Haunted Hill. Oh, the remake. Yes. I've only uh, seen the original. Oh, but Jeffrey, Rush is, Jeffrey Rush as Vincent Price? It's great. Nah, I'm sorry. I missed well, out. this is our next episode. I, right really there. Thought, <laughs> I really thought you were going to lead us into some real big twist in which you're like, the real person that he's in this for is Anthony Heald, who plays <laughs> Canton, who's famous, of course, for being Dr. Chilton in Silence of the Lambs, the character who is referred to in the inf- in the in the very 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 famous uh, quote I'm having an old friend for dinner 
that character, I loved him the most, I'll be honest. I'm leaping <laughs> right off into the deep end and saying that the bad guy was my favourite character. I mean, The guy very, who owns the cruise ship? Yeah. yeah. It's very hard to say he's the bad guy when all of them are bad guys. Like, it's, it's a film without necessarily any heroes, yeah. Yeah, except for... They are literally all bad guys, aren't they? Except for, like, you know... The captain? The captain's a good guy. Like, he, and he doesn't get referred to. I personally love in the IMDb trivia it says this is one of the few movies that has no heroes or yeah. heroines. I'm like, oh well, the captain seemed like a pretty good guy. <laughs> like I don't know, the monster seemed like a hero. <laughs> he was just trying to have his day no. and just enjoy himself. And I don't know gets if it, over. I don't know if it's mentioned in the film, but when I was reading up about this film, the the monster had a name. Yeah, they said its name. It's the name of the it? ship. It's is the it? same name as the ship. Oh, it's the uh, what is it? The Argonautica. Yeah. That's not what I've heard. I've heard that the monster's name is... O- it's like... Octalus. Octop- yeah, that's it. Yeah. O- Octopus, but the P is an L. Oh, well, you got me. I thought the Canton... We'll get into Canton. I want to get no, into yeah, it. No, yeah, but see, he, he says that, but as a nice inversion of that why the hell does he know this information thing, he is actually wrong in the end. Well, it's because We'll get rich. to that part later. We'll get so, Sands has a very long history. He recommended this film to me. said this is his favourite film because of, of, of old Famke. Old Funka. And uh, she's a very interesting actress in this movie. Yeah, like I, I've never... You said... We mentioned this in our Starsky and Hutch episode. You said that she was, what, number three in women that you would turn straight for, have oh, yeah. sex with? Oh, yeah. Kylie Minogue and Sarah Michelle Gellar were the first two. And then Funka. So it's that order? Yes. That order. I mean, yes. he likes his... He Sometimes likes, I throw Lucy Lawless into the mix. He likes his reddish, blonde-haired women, I think, is what he's telling us. Reddish, blonde-haired women. Well, Kylie's got blonde hair, but it's reddish. It's red and blonde, you know what I mean? And that like, time she dyed it red, yes, it was. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But she looks <laughs> like... You know, can I say this, honestly? Does Kylie Minogue not look like a ginger? Like her no. skin? I mean, she she's got brown hair naturally. I know that, I but she has the skin texture of that of a ginger. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? And then, and then you have Sarah Michelle, who's he's blonde, but then if you look at her in the Scooby-Doo movies, it looks like it's red as yes, well. Yes, because again, she dyed it that colour. Do you not know how hair dye right. works? Yeah, well, maybe maybe Fumka here is actually fucking white-haired. <laughs> you don't know. She might be. So She is Dutch. Fucking Dutch. You know, not Polish. So mm. we know Close, that. but... We, we all know how Michael Caine feels about the Dutch. And, um, you know, we, we have a legendary hero here, uh... No, Ryan, this is one of the few films with no heroes or heroines. Listen to the trivia page. Trivia page I is actually, on IMDb. I wrote, I wrote in my notes several times, the real hero is Anthony Heald. And I'll be 100% honest with you. Anthony Heald, I wrote in my notes, oh, Anthony Heald's in this. But then I got really concerned that I was wrong. And he was... Uh, this guy looks exactly like... This actor looks exactly like... Um, William Sadler, who plays the villain in the second Die Hard movie, the uh, one who's naked. Oh, the naked Tai Chi guy. Yeah, who's also famously known as Death in uh, Bill and Ted's uh, um, Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. Uh, he plays Death, and they look very similar because they have very similar hairstyles and that. And they're both their heads look like someone just kind of squished them a bit. <laughs> they are a bit big for their body, wide for their bodies. You're meanie, aren't you, Sam? A little bit. You're little no bit. prize cow yourself. <sighs> oh, that's oh right. there she is. There she is. Face reveal. She's got Chewing eyes, gum. which is good. Yeah, I thought the gum was going to play into this. You know, I thought, oh, okay, so she's got gum. She yeah. did use it. When? You really we'll get don't to remember? it. We'll get to it. 
point was in. I'm not joking here, right? She actually yeah, does she do it, something does. within a few scenes. Oh, within a few scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. immediately, yeah. But, but I meant like later. You know when you know Chekhov's gum. When they reveal the gum <laughs> in the first act, it has to be blown and popped in the third. Well, it's still... She does it in the first act. It's, yeah, it's established she's... and exists within the first act. Who knows, Ryan, maybe the in the third act, in a deleted scene, maybe Oculus, or whatever his name is, you know, gets the gum and chews for himself in one of his millions of mouths. Yeah. Oh, it's right, got some right. bad breath. I thought Oculus was the name of the black guy that got an axe to the face for some reason. I'm like, I don't, think he's, gonna really ben- I don't think he's going to really benefit from gum. That is some bad green screen right there. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually on a giant cruise ship in the ocean. This is her ship. She's oh, real see. too. She's a real woman with sure? real breasts. You had to go to the breast, didn't you? They all would have advertised in that scene. Now, what is it about her that gets you going, Sam? Um... And what about it that, that T-Ray doesn't get you going? Because uh, he was oh, Kano in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. And I hated him because I'm a Sonya boy. Yeah, see, these things. Hey, so so, what about Famke gets you going? Um, I honestly, I think it was Goldeneye, to be honest. And that's it? Like, yeah, you're like, Goldeneye... As, as a little boy, I was far too obsessed with the most attractive woman in the movie. And at the time, Excuse I thought... Excuse me, Pierce Brosnan was in that movie. <laughs> Like, I have to jump there. You, you, you're a gay man, and Pierce Brosnan is not the thing that caught you with that movie? No, no, not at that period you, of time. What about now? Not particularly, no. You don't like Pierce Brosnan? I like him. He's actually my fa- favourite Bond, just to be controversial. Is he not? The, it's not controversial. Like, really, it's not controversy if you say your favourite Bond is Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig. Everyone else. As long as every- it's not the other two. Every other Bond is a controversy. <laughs> like, Timothy Dalton, or, um... Lazenby? George Lazenby. They're yes. the controversial choices. No, thanks. Come on, what about T-Ray? He looks like, hey, he's about to be seasick and he's Australian, which already made me buy that he wasn't actually Australian. And then I found out the actor's actually English. So that explained mm, a lot mm. of things. Nobody who claims to be Australian is Australian. Uh, that's where you're wrong. I watched a movie with sharks in it. It's called Sharknado. And the Australian... And this is no joke. There's an Australian character in that movie. His Australian accent was so fucking terrible. It was so laughable. Found out he was from Tasmania. <laughs> well, that explains so that, not Australia. It? And he was <laughs> not putting on an accent. <laughs> it just made me go, do we really sound that fucking bad? Right, he's he was, not from the main. Have line. you seen Sharknado? No. Because he sounds like this. He's like, oh, crikey, mate. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm like... Is this how we sound? Oh Schultz no! He really no, he re- no, he really did. He had an Austrian sound. I'm like, are they confusing Australia for Austria? Because I know that happens a lot. <laughs> but so Fumpka's in this, but he is a real hero of the movie, Benny from, from the, the Mummy. mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Summers must like this man. Now Bartek has not seen the Mummy. Is that <gasps> correct? None of the Mummy films. <sighs> well, this character actor here. He, he can fit that all in his trousers, might I add. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays an emotional character in the first Mummy movie called Benny, who Brendan Fraser's character has a competing rivalry with. Like, they both keep getting in death situations, and they both like keep crossing each like double-crossing each other and betraying each other. It's like, the other should die, but they always keep living and stuff like that. So whenever they see each other, it's like, Ah, Benny! And just instantly punch them in the face. Like, look at this guy. He has a real punchable face. He does, and voice. Yeah, well, you can't blame. Well, he's me. my favorite character, guys. So he was just... he was great. He was no Anthony Heald, but you know, like he was pretty good. And I know him. I, I'll be honest, Sam. I sat down, didn't look up anything about this movie until I watched it, and I went, "Who is this guy? 
Who's this guy? And the weirdest thing happened, Bartek. Mm. I didn't figure out he was Benny. I figured out he was in the movie There Will Be Blood <laughs> as uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's fake brother. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I have not. He's in them. He's in... He's in... There will be blood with that voice, with this voice. <laughs> this serious acting stuff. Three hour drama. I liked, I liked this character the most because he really reminded me of Rob Schneider in Surf Ninjas. Oh, well, that's good because he did surf at the end. <laughs> oh, he's angry. Look at him. Oh, it's because he's bald. He wishes he had this long mane of hair. Feels so inadequate against Joey. Yeah, exactly. Look at all these emotional that, characters you're going to get. Is that other black guy wanting to be Wesley Snipes but can't really afford it? No, he's the rich man's Wesley Snipes <laughs> at this point because Wesley Snipes was forever in lots of debt. Or I think in 1998 he was still doing alright. Before he did Blade. He did that in 1999. <laughs> that was a year after this. So he was in the shit creek. No. One, so day, one day he'll be alright. We right. haven't talked about the plot of this movie. No, we haven't. But I'd like to hear you describe the plot to Sam who has seen this movie so many times, he said to us before we started this podcast, I didn't need to rewatch it. I've watched it so many times, I know everything about it. <laughs> but uh, could you please explain the movie plot to, to this young man here? Sure. So, young man, this film is about... <laughs> hey, young man. <laughs> this film is about a nice little octo fella who... <laughs> Plops onto a ship going, Octo, Octo, Octo. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I heard like a fourth person laughing. No, I'm laughing at you twice. Might have been someone sneezing in the other room. Um, but suddenly he gets very hungry and also very thirsty. But you know how there are certain foods, like when you cook broccoli, you like eat it, but it's also like you're drinking water because there's so much there. It's kind of uh, like that kind of double-edged sword thing. Well, not double-edged sword, but like a trouble. double bonus of like, hey, if I get these hummus, not to be confused with humans. Or hummus. Or hum I love or hummus. He gets them and he uh, puts them inside him and he takes out all the fluids and then he takes them out and they're just, you know, little broken fellas. Um... But these people right here, these people here, they don't want to be his food. No. They don't want to be seafood. The joke there being that the Octafella sees food and eats it. I thought you were going a different direction with that bad pun, but then you went and made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> if it's uh, you know, if it's any consolation, it was one of the YouTube comments that I didn't include at the end, so I was so, just stealing a joke. So that's the plot, is it? Ah, uh, well, that's kind of the synopsis, Ryan. You ask for plot a lot, but I, I think synopsis well, is more... don't really want to spoil gonna, this stuff for the people who haven't watched it before. Sam. Sam, mm. here's the movie that I saw. Mm. It was an emotional drama about a man who is on a boat and he's doing his job. He's, he's, he's following orders, but he doesn't... The gum's about to come into play. Yeah, exactly. Right? Thanks. He's following orders. You know, he's going to a ship. He doesn't know fully. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't know where he's going on this ship. To, to use guns. There it is. Oh, you're right. For some reason, I thought that was, like, uh, when she did that in the film, I thought, oh, she grabbed, like, she wiped her lipstick off on, like, a handkerchief and stuck it on there. <laughs> okay. But, okay, so what happens is it's an emotional drama about this young man, youngish, oldish, you know, going to a mysterious location and finding out that there is something beneath the water. This young Australian man called T-Ray. <laughs> the hard way that his friends were not there when he needed them most and 
is an existentialist drama about how once he is consumed by a, a, a HP Lovecraftian beast that he becomes a part of, he, he lashes out in a Freudian id-like sense at his fellow comrades, wiping them out one by one until they understand his existential nihilistic dread. Until eventually he is uh, thwarted by the emotional use of explosives. Hmm. That's the film that I got. Oh, you know. Also, doesn't the Australian guy T. Ray look like a? I know that he's a his act. The act is English, but doesn't he look like an Australian equivalent of uh, a muscular Colin Farrell? In this yes, movie? yes. <laughs> actually, I could say that. I was thinking, going, oh look, Colin Farrell's really built himself up from the ground, doesn't he? At this point, like I didn't know he was acting as an Australian. Like I haven't seen him since Winter's Tale. I'm very happy that he's in a movie again. <laughs> At last. Can so, I just point out? Uh, no. She hasn't said her name yet, but her name is Trillian, and I've never understood that. Well, it's a reference, you yep. see, Sam. To Trillian Dollars? It's Trillian a, St. James, actually, it, is her surname. Yeah, it's a reference to The More Hitchhiker's sci-fi. Guide, where a character's called Trillian in that. So she's an alien? Fumka Johnson is. <laughs> no, I think Trillian was human. No, she was human that just got abducted by Sam Rockwell. Um, oh. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm she was sorry. Played by no, Zoe oh. Deschanel. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Zoe, Zoe Deschanel isn't human. Um, no, she's get rid of her bangs, and she looks like an alien. I'm uh, more familiar. Nobody with... knows who the hell she is. I'm more yeah. familiar with the books, though, so that, you know it's not so much. So, actress. here we here, Mr. Langsford, you have to explain to me this emotional relationship here. You know, you've grown up with these characters being <laughs> this loving relationship. <laughs> For someone who's new, could you explain what their attraction is to one another, you know? Like, the, what the film is overtly telling us and what it's implying their relationship is. Because I could say Benny is... Be- uh, Benny, we'll just call him <laughs> Benny for the rest of the movie. Benny and Layla. His name's Joey, right? Benny. Yes, Joey. Uh, so Benny and uh, Layla. Joey Ryan. It's Benny. You didn't watch the Mummy movies, so you don't get a say. Uh, so... Right, are we talking about an appreciated fucking masterpiece or an unappreciated hey, masterpiece? Hey, you haven't seen The Mummy, so you don't get the judge if it's appreciated. Answer the question, Ryan! I'm talking about motherfucking Benny! So, <laughs> you what is their relationship? Um, Tell us more. I can understand why he would love her, because she is a capable, intelligent, strong, hot woman. Don't forget she's a woman with muscles. Yes, chick with the muscles. Chick with the, chick with the muscles. Um, oh god, I love these guns. They're so unnecessary. They're very necessary for the film, but unnecessarily designed. Um, sh- I, d- I couldn't tell you why she loves him, because he would drive me mental. Well, that's where you're wrong. You see, Sam, I've only watched it. See, this is how much of a connoisseur of unappreciated masterpieces I am. Like that fine champagne she drank out of and licked her finger with. It's a uh, good prison to be stuck in. She, she, Layla, is of course attracted to Benny, because she knows, deep down... That he has a massive cock <laughs> and knows how to use it and how to stimulate her. That's what I got for the movie. She knows that deep down, Ryan? Deep in her vagina. And, um, you know, at the end of the movie, don't want to spoil it, but Benny uses a surfboard to escape a certain doom-like fate. And what we didn't realise as an audience is that that wasn't a surfboard. That was his big <laughs> <black> <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I love it when you can disable a holiday cruise ship. With a holiday CD-ROMs. cruise ship with CDs. <laughs> now, Sam, you've seen this before, but Bartek, who did you suspect to be the culprit behind the CDs? Did you have an inkling? 
No, didn't really. You weren't at all he engaged. He was too embraced in, in look, the movie. I was, I was really trying to just get a handle of every character because this film introduces a lot of characters pretty quickly. And they're also you know, well drawn and deep. Especially my fav, my second favorite character is about to appear appear in this scene. He's, uh, I guess, the a, radar a, man. Radar man, the bold man. Uh, you'll see him in a moment t- time, but I knew it was Anthony Heald because they were wearing a white coat, and I'm like, well. He's played by Anthony Heald, so I guess he's the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you just see Anthony Heald and you're like, he's a, a bad There's guy. literally only two characters with a white coat on in this movie, like a coat. And it's Anthony Heald and the captain is like, well, which one do you think it is? Mm, the captain's too nice. Yeah, exactly, that's the problem. So, and look at that 12-year-old boy wannabe mustache thing he's got going. Oh, that's a mustache. Yeah, but for a second there, as I was there saying it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> My favourite character. I really wanted him to live in the movie. <laughs> Like, you know how some people, when they're bald, they, they look good bald? But this guy, not so much. No, like his head kind of looks like a penis. Speaking no, of it's too big. Like Couldn't a... it be Joey? Benny's? Benny's. It is, he's Benny's oh, penis. So you're, in, you're in Ryan's side, are you saying? <laughs> yes, yes. He likes penis, so of course he's <laughs> on my side. See, what worries me the most about him is that he looks and acts exactly like the characters in Austin Powers who are talking about the thing on the radar screen. That's oh, you mean... Oh, Johnson. You mean Ron Howard's brother. Yeah. Oh, uh, Clint Howard. Oh, yeah. oh, look at the Star Trek acting. No, no, in all fairness, give this, give this some slack. Star Trek was TV, so it had a lot less to work with. Yes, true. This had a lot well, more. Whoa, look at it go! Whee. I love it. Okay, so Bartek, this film is a horror movie. We've only covered really one true horror movie, haven't we? Wolf Creek 2? Wolf Creek. Like, the others have been, like, thrillers and suspense. But this is a true horror movie where you are met with a bunch of characters that you know are going to be eaten and killed. But in what order? And how? Hmm... And this movie obviously echoes a lot of great movies. Like, The Thing was very prominent. Uh, Aliens. It's Aliens, pre- Predator, Jaws, of course. Oh, wait, this is the best part in the whole movie. This is the snakes on a plane part, you know, where an, a poor a- Asian woman has to lock herself away. I don't know why. Because she's all scared and frightened. And then this this well, is notorious. Well, remember, I know a lot of people who know this scene without having seen this movie. Well, remember, guys, later on in the film, we get a kind of allegorical story that fits this uh, scene right here. Yes, it does. Which is but... the uh, octopus with the jar. Yeah. Yeah, mm, she was the jar. Because well, he opened her up. <laughs> it's actually... The, the toilet's the job. Probably for the best for her, because it probably ended a lot quicker for her than a lot of the other characters. Well, it's very interesting what happens. It spews the blood out instantly, but that's a weird thing. That's what it drinks. So why did it spew it out? Well, I mean, you're saying spew, Ryan. Yeah, well, it's sick instantly. I guess it doesn't like... What are you saying? Are you're you saying ass- this you're is assuming a racist? That that, you're, you're assuming that that blood right there was inside its mouthy mouth. No, it was inside of her. And it popped her like a balloon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't, like, put it in his mouth and spit it out. She popped and the blood flew out. Yeah, but... He could lick it up later. I guess he got me there. Although, to be (laughs) fair, uh, this is against my argument here, but later on, they they do find blood on walls. Mm. Yeah, which is weird, you know? Like, that's what it drinks. probably enough just in the gooey, fleshy parts. I mean, how many people... Can we please talk about the strong Asian man in this movie? Oh, the guy in charge of the mercenaries? Yeah, I love this guy. He was actually pretty close proactive. to being one of my heroes. <laughs> like, because of the one 
character reason, which was he was such a prick. <laughs> like, but he, the actor, and I mean, the, the actor playing this guy, he has such such weight to his performance. Like, he just, like... He's remove, got intensity. You remove know. his dialogue and you can sell everything about this guy from his stone-cold killer-like face. Like, really you don't want to mess... Yeah. You don't want to mess with him. He's got experience. He knows what he's doing. But I love this actor. He really brought a lot of weight to a role that could have been just a shouty role. Yeah. You know? Like, I love jumping ahead. Spoiler alert, he dies. Whoops. I love his death. It oh, is yeah. so... Even in death, he's a complete s- dickwad. He's a cunt, yeah. <laughs> he he just does not care anymore about it. Like, oh, I'm dead. I, I do like that in his final moments, he had to put up with Joey. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people to be stuck with as he dies. Yeah, I would have just been... Ro- and look, there's Jason Fleming. I love that guy. <laughs> he's in everything. Like, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, X-Men First Class. You know, he's in everything. Does he always get eaten by a tentacle monster in those movies? Well, he was killed in X-Men Days of Future Past off-screen like a chump, so... Yeah. Yeah. We're going to just assume by a tentacle monster, aren't we? Well, Peter Dinklage could have been a tentacle monster in that <laughs> film, know, I don't know. know. <laughs> he was a Nazi in that movie for sure, so I don't know. Days of Future Past, not this movie. I don't think Peter <laughs> Dinklage, Dinklage is in this. He's actually inside the tentacles. He's, He's the, the torpedo. <laughs> They're only so tall. It's like an R2-D2 costume, but... Uh... Mr. For, Dinklage. For Dinklage. So, we haven't talked about the real star of the movie here, which is, of I'm course, not in this film. Treat Williams. Oh, oh right. Treat. What a treat. Do we know Treat Williams? No. The Phantom. You don't know Treat Williams? The Phantom. The Phantom. The Phantom Treat movie. Williams plays the antagonist in the movie The Phantom with the great actor Billy Zane. Is that the film Christy Swanson, where Captain the... Jones. He's in purple. Yeah, the purple suit. Yeah. He had to shave himself bald for all the scenes where he was in the suit, but then he has hair in all the scenes where he's not in the suit, so well, it must have been very confusing. I've, I've never seen it, but I remember there being a film called The Phantom with a purple suit. The color. best moment in cinematic hi- cinematic history belongs to Treat Williams. I think this is fair to say. In The Phantom. Yes. His villain is like so over the top, mustache twirlingly evil. He's the villain. He's the villain. Yeah. Treat is an evil guy, I know. And he gets, I can't remember if it's a scientist or a colleague, to look in a microscope. microscope. And you see the guy look into the microscope and he's like, oh, I can't read what that says. He's like, Enhance it. Enhance it. (laughs) And he enhances it. And you see from his, the character's vision through the microscope, it says, like, something like, you are dead. And then he cuts, <laughs> and the guy is like bleeding profusely. And you see, Treat grabs him, and there were spikes that that were in the the the, the, microscope, the microscope that the guy drew, drew out by turning it closer. So That's, he slowly stabbed himself that in the eyes. Familiar. But how did he manage to read? <laughs> I think the implication is that he sees it and as he's oh, seeing it, it comes into focus and then it goes maybe it's one of those no, no, that's no, no, not right. how it goes it's well, one of it's, those... it's, it's not slow you turn it a little bit and they just go Pshunk. no it's one of those cinematic twists that you can only get with like digital mm. media where like oh yeah. you think you're looking through his perspective but no you were just looking through but the no but he actually says I'm dead and then he just stops talking <laughs> and then screaming oh, okay then that so it, uh, it doesn't make any sense because there's spikes where do they come from if he doesn't just slowly draw them up well because like, earlier before he invites him in you see him playing with it and the spikes just come out of the top of it so you can assume that there's little slots next to the normal magic spikes thing 
that just come out. My so, magic spice. So Ryan, when you were watching this film and you were looking at Treat Williams' character... I was very surprised he was a hero. Yeah, but did, he wasn't, so it's okay. Were you thinking like that he had a Han Solo vibe to him? No, I thought it was he looked like a be Harrison Ford. That was my thing. Like I was thinking, uh, oh, he really feels like a Harrison Ford character. Really, but, he. And... Looked, I guess I got distracted by his look. You know what he reminded me of as an actor in this particular movie? He looked like if William H Macy decided to be like a mercenary. And he played it like how I imagine William H Macy would play it, like kind of dweebish. But like, just really friendly and nice to be here. Yeah, like, I don't take orders. I just give them. Oh, all right. Look, uh, I know how to use a gun. What the der? I have a shotgun. I, I wasn't really looking at his looks. Well, I was just mostly thinking about his character, the mm, way he acted. Well, I have a review later on that is going to completely crush any other casting choice other than the one they recommend, including Treat Williams was miscast in this movie with the choice that one reviewer bravely stated. What, that it should have been Jerry Lewis or something? Yeah, it should have been Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with Seinfeld? You always go to Jerry Seinfeld, right? Why don't you go to Seinfeld? What's the deal with being eaten alive? I don't know, Jerry Stiller, do tell. (laughs) Jerry Stiller. So, the plot of this movie is... An ancient, like, sea monster, just one, comes up to the surface for reasons. Hungry. It apparently has been doing it a lot, because earlier, during that wonderful opening, you saw lots of sunken ships that I'm sure is implying that it killed them, too. Yeah, and it comes up and eats them. Oh, look, Treat Williams has got his muscles out. Oh. 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 Sam, stop. My erection can't handle the treat. <laughs> so you're jumping under the microphone. Stop, but you have the erection. Well, he's making it harder by pointing out Treat Williams' muscles. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh boy, look at that shirt. No, not look at that shirt. Look at that treat. Oh boy, Ooh. look at that Williams. So, we have lots of characters in this movie. This is very much like Alien Resurrection. If you said this was written by Joss Whedon, I would believe you because you have a lot of characters with different uh, nationalities backgrounds. They all bounce off each other in comedic ways, but they're all scoundrels at the same time. I'm not saying that this inspired Firefly, (laughs) but this clearly inspired Firefly. Now, here's something that... Here we go. Blood. First trail of blood. And I'll be honest, I said, well, a lot of people did fall earlier. There was a woman whose face was bleeding profusely, so I was like, well, that's not scary. And then, uh uh-oh, the elevator opened up. The one that opened itself? I don't know. Yeah, like The doors open themselves when they get Yeah, there. but it's going down to the first, to whatever floor maybe they're a bit on. Of, ah, maybe a bit of debris hit a button. Maybe someone just got killed and they pressed the button. And it's just too maybe. late for... Maybe, maybe the, the elevators are a bit broken and did get attacked by a monster. Maybe it's just convenience. With movies like this... Right, go. With horror movies of this calibre... Yes. You know, where you know it's a creature feature at the end of the day. You know that there's going to be... Oh, yeah, this is the Octolus film, yeah. The film with Octolus. You can say hentai if you want. So, <laughs> it's the hentai I'm movie. I'm not the one saying favorite movie. But some people did say Wait, hentai. you're not saying what? I'm not the one... Well, right now I am, but I'm not the one saying that this is hentai. I'll edit that so it's like, this is hentai. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, what did you say? This is hentai! <laughs> Do it, we have this movie, you know, this is a classic genre. Do we like, do we as individuals like this genre? And what is it that we do or don't like about this genre? 
I love a creature feature or anything in a in a place that you would not expect to be suffering horrible fates. So a cruise ship, that sort of thing, something unexpected. A big monster comes out and eats people. Like it's just it's carnal. Primitive. Primal. Yeah, you have a primitive primitive nature to see a guy get eviscerated by a tentacle. Yes, but then you overcome it at the end. I hate everybody dies movies. So really, yeah. So this wow. is a so this, this is, is a, a mostly movie. everyone dies. He really loves Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, to be fair, only a few people die in that. Yeah, it is one of those movies that ends with the implication of death. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. But then, you know, for me, Bartek, I love movies like this where where you know that you're not going to get too attached to characters because they're more pieces of meat than characters necessarily. And that's... I, I don't mind that, you know. There comes a time where you have to admit to yourself not every movie has to be Big Fat Liar. Not every movie has to be Nine Lives in which they're making an, uh, a giant statement. Uh, a My thinking, life did have a s- attempted suicide. A thinking, yeah. a thinking piece movie. This is a feeling piece movie in which you're feeling like Sam said the primitive urge. But I think my negative feeling towards this genre is, it's not like this. It's not this genre. This movie has very few jump scares. It's well lit, and each character is recognizable. You know who's who. You know what's going to happen. Today's movies are all shaky cam, can't see what's happening, and just jump scares left and right. And the idea of, oh, this is a mystery, ooh, instead of just being like, no, it's a giant tentacle monster. (laughs) (laughs) And with with me, very similar reasons to Sam, but I'm more with the whole primal thing of you want to survive. Like, films where you're trying to survive, and also with that element of mystery. Mm. But I mostly, I think, Played more games that have that kind of thing than... Uh, yeah, than Crazy movies. Taxi was a survival game. <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> Road Rage. Well, yeah, the survivor well, Simpsons, race Simpsons and Simpsons timer. Arm, you could kick people. And they Mario Kart. Marge could kick you people. Know, like... Take that. <laughs> was that your Marge impersonation? No, Mar. Sound like the when Marge is angry monster. and just like growls like... <laughs> yeah, that's what he's trying to do, but he sounded like... You know that episode of Simpsons where Bart Ooh, imagines himself really, really fat? He's like, I wash myself with a rag <laughs> on a stick. Mm. <laughs> or one of Marge's sisters, I guess. Yeah. Selma or well, Patty, you have to well, choose. They, make, well, they, they both make the same noise. Selma or Patty, you have to choose. One's gay, so, you know, if you choose that one, then you're for LGBTQRBLD. Right, so I don't know. I made a few letters there. Well, minus the one that divi- division sign. The one that isn't gay adopts an Asian daughter. Or is that the one that's gay? Who knows? No, Selma's not gay. Oh. No, Pat, yeah, Patty's the gay one. Typical there Patty. There the last remaining shreds of my heterosexuality. <laughs> she went out with Skinner. Yeah, that was the last remaining <laughs> shred. <laughs> no, that was Selma. No, Selma no. was the one that Homer was trying to hook up with, but then he Skinner, up with Skinner got into Patty, though. As, uh... as, as Marge says, Patty chose the life of celibacy. Selma merely had it thrust upon her. Which one is <laughs> it that they asked to marry Apu? Like, uh, she's like Selma. She's like, I'm already no, well, Selma Bouvier Tewilliger. Hutz McClure. Yeah, Hutz McClure. I don't want to add. No, Hutz McClure, whatever. She's the one that keeps getting married, I believe. So. She married to Lionel Hutz. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't think we ever saw that one, though. I think that was just an off-screen wedding. Yes, it was. I was upset that I could It's because find Lionel Hutz is the same voice actor as Troy McClure, probably. <laughs> Phil Hartman. He's dead. He died horribly. <laughs> Sad. Much like the characters in this film. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. If Troy McClure, Phil Hartman plays, she's trying to weld a giant hole. 
That's not going we to do anything. We get it, Sam. You like giant holes, but <laughs> they don't. That's where all the water gets in. <laughs> That's not how you fix a big hole well, you don't know what her tactic is. She's trying just, to... Look, how, are you, how are you fixing big holes? If I've You'd seen... have to put a big patch over it and then weld it. But she has to make sure that this is welded to the ship or else it will float away and then that patch won't be big enough. In maybe... cartoons, when there are holes in the boats, you just put a cork in it. <laughs> you know, they could have used that fat guy's body They to... probably could have. Wouldn't it be great if this movie ended where it had all the bones of the people and they just welded that onto the hole? <laughs> they just make a raft out of them and put up a sail. See, why couldn't they be like Benny and just get a freaking uh, surfboard and surf ninja their way out of a situation? Oh. Now, I was really upset with this. Why? That they had Rodney Dangerfield's dead body on the set that day and just said, hey, this guy gets no respect. Put him in the movie naked. And reference. I was very happy with that. There was also a good reference, but I was really upset when Layla died. You know, I thought, oh, well, that's unfair. You know, I actually would have liked it. This is a weakness of the movie. You do grow attached to characters, you know, sometimes, and and when they kill them, you go, that's a cop out, and that, I couldn't get yeah. over that because I really would have liked it if at the end, everyone was wiped out except for our three main crew members. You know, like you know, and then obviously. Thunker, of course. We don't want her. No, her not we don't want her titties drained. She dies in every other movie. She's not going to die in this one. Hey, hey, she didn't die in X Men One. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she didn't die in X Men Days of Future Past. I guess that's she came the, back to life in that one. I guess that's kind of like she's the, Jesus. She was already the dead inevitable thing of like, oh well, the people who die by their very nature aren't going to get the most screen time and. Even though this isn't exactly the same thing, although you could argue it is, it's also kind of like with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Augustus Gloop is gone after, like, the second room of the big wacky factory. Oh, I don't want to be eaten by the tentacle. Is that what he said? Yeah, he does. Well, it was a pipe. The, the, one, the, the tentacle monster in the Chocolate River, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. There's always hentai Willy in Wonky, Willy, Willy Wonka's Willy Dick. <laughs> no, right, you're thinking Winky Wonka. My favourite, my favourite, uh, Teletubby, Winky Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> what colour is he? Kind of like sorry, green, what colour are they? Pink. Pink. Pink, pink, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Why can't we have a pink Teletubby? I'd rather more Oogie gloves, but we can't get what we want. Uh, so, Layla dies in a very sad moment, and I'll be honest with you, there's a moment in this film where they shoot open the tentacle and someone falls out. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like... It's gonna be like Sharknado. It'll be the girl. It'll be it'll be her. But no, 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 no. Twist. It was my fifth favorite character, Billy. Who, Billy, who name. was on the ship, and I actually read my notes. Ah, oh, okay, she's gone. But wouldn't it be great if boat? I get going with a boat guy. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if boat guys just sitting on top of the ship waiting for stuff to happen? And like every now and then during the intense action when someone's getting eaten alive, or just cut to him like <laughs> having a cigarette. Having a cigarette, playing cards on the computer, <laughs> like, you know, like, wouldn't it be great? And at the end of the movie, you have, like, Benny jump onto the ship to start the thing, and he just gets shot to death by Boat Guy, because <laughs> Boat Guy's like, fuck you, all my friends are dead! And then Boat Guy's the real hero of the movie, because he shot Benny up. Oh no, here we have to say a fond farewell to our favourite, uh, English Ray, T-Ray. You know, I'm not saying that this guy... You know what happened to T-Ray? He became a Stingray. Yeah. And since he was Australian, he said to himself, I have to get rid of Steve Irwin. 
right now. It's my Australian duty. Right now, but it took him like eight years. Well, he became... Hey, do you think becoming a stingray... Sorry, do you think becoming a stingray is a very quick process? Yeah, that's right. Well, then It takes the... a few years to metamorphose. Oh, I see. So when he said right now, that was kind of like I, As a... soon as he got born. And he was like, I'll be there to get Steve, because okay. it's his Australian duty. So when he said right now, the kind of tragedy there is that he couldn't do it immediately. I mean, he wanted to do it when he was a mercenary. Right. <laughs> but he was too busy being on haunted ships. Now, the thing I like about this film is, did you at any point, Bartek, think that this was a ghost movie? Or spiritual, like supernatural? Or did you know straight off the bat it was a monster movie? No, I just figured it'd be a monster film. Well, that's interesting. Because apparently the marketing for this movie made it come across like a haunted ship movie the, with the po- ghosts. The original poster does look kind of... It's a ghost face. Yeah, it's like a, a ghostly face on, on water. Sam, could you please tell us the tagline of this movie? Oh, I've forgotten it. Um, wow. Full, full scream ahead. Full scream ahead. Scream? Yes. Scream. Full scream ahead. Okay. Instead of full steam? Full right. scream ahead. That is a pun worth remembering. This guy has two earrings, so we knew he was going to die. And, like, Skrillex hair. Hey, leave. S- leave, you know, him alone. <laughs> leave you Chiri told him, alone. Ryan. <laughs> well, I can't defend him because he's about to die. But the gun was helpfully no, dropped right he's going to die. He's going to turn to steel. See, see, why does it spit blood? It because I imagine he's being smushed into some hole like toilet paper. But, but every other character we see gets swallowed and squished so why is it playing with its food well, T-Ray I mean Ryan sometimes when you eat food like bits of it fall on the plate not all people clean their plates and some foods that have like I expect them. more from a Cthulhu like monster Bartek <laughs> well isn't that the whole horror of the film oh you're right I'm an idiot I should have known the intentions of the cinema hey look it's Treat Williams <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't talked enough about Fumka and her breasts are just on on point in this particular scene. Of course, scene. you have to go to the breasts. Fine! Her ass looks okay-ish, but it's not... I don't know, it's a bit too skinny and slender. I don't know, she's alright. She's really quite lucky she got arrested, really. Oh, that's right, she attempted to murder someone. Do you remember that? It was briefly mentioned. It had attempted murder. It's like, was that her ex-boyfriend? Well, that makes it okay. I'm sure, and I'm pretty sure she probably didn't date the nicest guy, so maybe he probably... Yeah, she probably dated Treat Williams and had to kill him. <laughs> And then he was replaced with another treat, Williams. <laughs> There's just more and more of them. They Maybe don't she was going out oh, with some... Good bit. Black guy dies first. Apart from hey, Korean girl. Except, and Australian guy. Oh, yeah, true. I take it back. It's I been the white. I've already forgotten them. <laughs> yeah. And then this guy, you really thought he was going to do something because he was Bloody like, I'm man. really happy. And then... <laughs> and it's a really good effect. Oh, Look great. at that. That's great. I guess it's he's the first one not to die to the monster. Yeah. And all and these poor the people just get mowed down. Like, look at that. Except for cowardly Mr. Kent. Was the film saying, like, okay, the black guys died, now we can kill white people? Like, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is the monster is racist because it leaves the white guys for last. (laughs) (laughs) It takes an an Aussie guy. We don't know if his background was Aboriginal or not. We don't know. We don't know. You know, it takes down... And then it eventually works its way way up to the English. And these these are cowardly Americans and nor Canadians. And the English guy. No, he's the English guy. He's the last... Yeah, what? he's yeah, he's he's eaten later on. He's eaten. They're all eaten later on, except for my main man, William H Macy's ghost in Treat Williams. <laughs> so this guy's a pervert. That's his character. Sam, you're a pervert. Do you relate to this guy? Not particularly, because he wants to sleep with all the women. 
Well, you want to sleep with Fumka Johnson, and she's a woman. Hey. Well, see, now that was back in the day. Was sleeping now is just a healthy respect for her craft. She directed uh, the movie with Jovovich in it. I, I think. Did you hear? Did you think of what I was thinking? I thought you said I have a healthy respect. I thought you were going to say a healthy respect for her crutch. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not what I. Heard. I would not reduce a woman to that sort of thing. I was just, I just heard that sleeping is healthy, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sleep deprivation's bad. Watch body snatches. It would show you why. No, I'm not talking about that one with uh, Donald Sutherland. I'm talking about the 1980s remake with a small child. There's a 1980s remake? There's a 1980s remake of everything. <laughs> I remember the 1970s remake. Nah, you're wrong. Or oh, the so, terrible one with Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman was in a body snatcher movie? Yeah, it was recently with Daniel Craig. It was just called The Invasion. Oh, that classic. I love The Invasion. <laughs> Not as much as Deep Rising. So, Bartek, when we went into Deep Rising, not knowing anything other than Sam really liked it. I didn't know that. Well, I knew that. Well, you didn't know that. When I said this movie to you, and then you watched it. Yes. What was your overall feeling, Leon? Like, did you feel the dread that the movie set for you? The comedy? What were you expecting? This was one of the ones where I just... Before I watched the film, I quickly had a look at... What was that film you wanted me to watch? Deep Rising. Okay... I went on to Wikipedia just to see if there were any actors I'd recognise, and not not really. Um, but I, I read some of that, it's like a horror film. I'm like, okay, it might be like a monster film. So I walked into it, and that's what it was. It was a monster film, which... It's exactly what you want. I guess I'm not too used to this genre, so it's really nice that one of the... Um, one of the few that I could point to and say, yes, I have seen a film of this sub-genre, is Deep Rising. Because it Can I just point out that she's wearing sensible flats when she went to go rob the place rather than heels? So, better than Jurassic well, World. That's Fumka for you. Yeah, she's a, she's a feminist. Woman. You know, that's what the F. Also, she's a gigantic yes. woman and they wouldn't want her to be too much taller than the men. And yet. Is she? Yeah, she's quite tall. And yet, what's on your shirt, Sam? Oh, yes, I'm wearing a Jurassic World t shirt. <laughs> now, Benny's short, Treat Williams is average height, and, and, and Fumka's a giant. Now, that's fair to say. You could have said, hey, is this a remake of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> With Fumka as, as Gandalf? Well, this and, exactly. And What year was the first one? Treat Williams. And... It was before yeah. this. 1999. I feel like it was 2000. You're Wikipedia. Wrong. You're wrong. Well, I know the third one was like 2003. It was 1999. Hmm. So that's before the turn of the century. Only 90s kids will remember that. Only the Hobbit would remember that. And that Hobbit, of course, is Anthony Heels. He appears as Lord Sauron. A giant floating eye that needs glasses. So, <laughs> glasses or glass? M- monocle. Well, in his version, he has two eyes. <laughs> so, I went into this just knowing that it was a horror movie with Fumka Johnson on a boat. That's all I knew. Well, I said, a ship, right? There is a boat, and then there is a ship. She's on the boat later, but it's not... Really and I said to myself, well, I don't know Famke very well. Does she have... And this is true. I walked in being like, is this a movie where she has superpowers? And I was not wrong. She has the superpower of shooting a gun. Yes. Of stealing things once. And... Um, wearing sensible shoes. And wearing... And being smart enough to take off the red dress for appropriate clothes during the movie. 
Yeah, see, that was one thing I don't like, because, uh, call me sexist, but I love, uh... Breasts. Women inappropriately dressed in action movies. See Resident Evil, Mila Jovovich. She's always appropriately dressed. She's wearing tight leather. Not in the first one, she's wearing a red dress. Ah, well, you know, the first one is a... a, We don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about the first one with the mutated dogs that she kicks in the Kicks and they die. Roger Ebert hates them. Okay, can we talk about the big, fat, dead elephant in the room that is Roger Ebert? (laughs) And his missing jaw. Um, yeah, okay, why not? Why didn't he like this movie? Can we put ourselves in the footprints? The massive, overweight footprints of the flabby Roger Well, the, one of the big points that he just kept hounding on about is the whole notion of been there, seen that. Well, Which, in other movies, he doesn't seem to mind, so I'm going to call him a hypocrite. Yeah, he likes he Phantom Menace. He has not seen this in another movie. He has not seen the dried up, sucked yeah. out remains of people jumped into a corridor. Yeah, especially not in Event Horizon. That is that is some great goo. Skeleton monsters. No, Sam, I've seen it before. <laughs> I'm Roger Ebert. I shit that stuff out each day when I devour a bad movie. Oh. I remember another thing that was really pointed out. This was the quote they used on the uh, the, box? the RogerEbert.com's uh, most hated film list of Roger Ebert was the fact that the the boat, the, sorry, the ship was like it couldn't possibly move through those waves or something like that. Oh well, Roger, you're picking hairs out of your butt, <laughs> like out of your hole, your sphincter, right up there, no, you know. Catchphrase. Oh, sphincter? No, now what? Oh. I'm actually watching the film rather than listening to Sphincter. Sam, <laughs> how dare you not listen to Sphincter? <laughs> so, listen to Ryan. This is an intense scene here, Bartek. Intense scene here, Bartek. Where? This. Oh. Right here. The movie on the screen in front of us. Right now. It's a big screen. Right here. Right now. Which one was the most intense sequence for you? Which one got your oh, that bones happy. going into... Spasm. I don't know about scene, but when they find the area that they call the feeding ground, I was like, oh god, that's that's Pretty quite nasty. Gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite gruesome. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight this monster. I didn't realise for a large portion that it was one monster. Yeah, well a lot of tentacles with a lot of mouths. Well, here's the thing, like I got really confused. I thought it the tentacles were the monsters. Like I didn't think that the I think that's what you meant to think at first. Yeah, I thought they were like eels or something, like you know, that kind of creature. I didn't they realise they were gonna be attached to a giant Cthulhu monster. Well, here's a question, referring back to the scenes that we've already seen. When they were confused about what was going on, did they say that there were things? In the ship, or there was some thing. Yeah, there were things. They're everywhere. They've they've infested the ship. They were under an assumption that there were many things, and I suppose that would be fair. You know that. that. You know that. That that was a question. Thank you. No problem. So this guy, this Daniel Day Lewis looking guy, oddly enough. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you said Daniel Day Lewis was at this, I'd believe you. He's smoking a stick. Chick with the muscles. Now, I'll be honest with you, Sam. I didn't think she had muscles. <laughs> Am I wrong? Did I miss it? She had she like just, yoga instructor muscles. She just no. She just looked like she was just a chick. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess he could say that to anyone. Like Bartek with the muscles. Like I suppose everybody does have muscles. As the monsters find out. Otherwise, we'd be dead. No, you just talk like yourself, Bartek. You don't have to play a character. 
No, when I have muscles, I get deep. No, but you always have muscles. That's the point. So. But now I've got super muscles. Oh, you do. Oh, that's not what I said. You're ruining it. Wait, my muscles. They ran away. <laughs> Great banter, Bartek. Like, that was like... That wasn't banter. And, that was my one-man show. Well, you see, it can still be a one-man banter. No. You had a conversation. I talked to an audience. An Audi car. Audience. Sponsored by Audi. Audi's presents. <laughs> just, just a whole field with multiple Audis sitting in tiny seats. What are you talking about cars, guys? I'm talking about Audi and stuff. Oh, right. I'm not going to talk about Cars 3 and how it looks like a gritty reboot. You're right. <laughs> when, in fact, it's just going to be another pile of shit. I have a copy of Cars at home, but it's from Poland, so the title is Alta, which is Polish word, plural for cars. I remember some of my friends once came over. It was actually Malloy, who's been on the show. He was like, Bart, can we watch Alta? I'm like, it's pronounced Alta. Seriously, I can't believe some people can't pronounce Polish words. I know that it's it fucking hell, Sam. So, Sam, on how many times do you think you have watched this film in your life? Upward of twenty. Twenty. That's this more is, than two. This is a solid. I don't know what no, I'm going to watch, so I'm going to put on Deep Rising again. Movie. Now, how many people have you shown this to in your lifetime? Uh, my boyfriend and a girl at work because she likes a good monster movie. Oh, he didn't mention that- you, Ryan. I'm the boyfriend. I, I didn't. Strictly speaking, I didn't show it to him. I recommended it to him. Yeah, yeah. One time, you got know, there. he got you there. He got nailed you down. Just like my muscles, everything's leaving. In between our arguments about Batman versus Superman. Hey, hey, we're not talking about if Batman would win in a fight with the octopus. Wait, you guys <laughs> argue? I thought you had like the same opinions. Who? You two. No, we didn't argue. He argues in general about oh, Batman. Someone could agree with everything I say, and I'd still argue with them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like Sam would be like, "Man of Steel sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, it does," and he'd be like, "You didn't say it sucked, though. You just said, yeah, it does.' <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. You don't hate it enough. I need to show you all the reasons it sucks. I've only seen the Ultimate Edition. Well, you've seen the too. Ultimate suck. Yeah. <laughs> I was forced into watching it. Yeah, fair. like a victim. And my friend, every time he mentions it, he's like, oh, Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. You don't have to specify it. No, you really do, because it ultimately sucks. You know, this movie could have done something that Batman vs. Superman really did do, which was utilise a great rock-stacking sequence in the action. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they should take some time out from Escaping the Monster to uh, stack some rocks. Oh, oh. Uh Uh-oh. Best bit. I thought this was really weird when the camera panned up and it was just the director jerking off <laughs> onto <laughs> Benny. And he said, You want to be in my next movie? It's called The Mummy. Mm. No. It's got also some. This uh, is our first glimpse of the monster. And what did we. What, Bartek, what did you think? CG still holds up? No. Uh, was... Excuse me. I didn't ask you. CG, I think it still holds up. I mean, you saw a handprint there. That was very revolutionary. I think it looks good. I think it looks. I like how they mix Some of it does. practical and CG every now and then. Like it's a great blend of artistic merit. And here he is. This is great. Now, see, the CG really works for this as well as the physical elements. Hey, do you think he could have lived? No, he certainly could have moved his hand. How come? Like he doesn't have any muscles left to move his fingers. But he he's still no. okay though. Yeah. Like, I'll be right. Just put a band aid on it. No band aid. I mean, it's not like they kill him, right? He dies as he is. No, so I, I think live. it's because they didn't help him. I mean, like to find help. 
put a band-aid on it. We, <laughs> we literally just said this. Do they have band-aids? It's a, a fucking ocean liner cruise ship. Of course they have band-aids. In this room, Ryan? Yeah. In this Look room? at that cabinet. Could have been in there. Do they check Bartek? Did they check Bartek? They, no, they didn't. They didn't check me. They didn't check Bartek and... Bartek, they didn't check the room. They could have helped their friend Billy or I would have been guy. I would have been no, five years old by this no. point. I could have said something. You could have said something. You could have walked up to Asian man here and said, "Yeah, look, uh, uh, Ryan Polish. I only spoke Polish. I don't speak Bartek, so I'll be Bartek in Polish." Flipper dibba dib dob, wikiwa. I don't know. I don't speak right, Polish. Language. That was very offensive, wasn't it? Yeah. I asked for a blowjob by asking for ice cream. No, oh, you dear. said no, Ryan. You said, "Can I have another Holocaust, please?" <laughs> Can I? I mean, not. For, I don't have one. <laughs> you could if you tried. Hitler did it all by himself. Got into Poland. All by in lonesome. All by his Zig Heilson. <laughs> Sam, you didn't like that one? She's, I'm just distracted by her attempting to use her feminine wiles, but in fact, he only wants a beer. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's Treat Williams oh, for you. now she runs away. What she doesn't know about Treat Williams is he's asexual, and he only wants beer. Yeah, he's a sexual fellow. See, this is good. Okay, this is something I really, really thought was going to play into something. See how it reacts? Yeah. And it's drawn to that? I thought it was going to... No, I thought it was going to be like Predator or Alien, in which they play with some kind of... Uh, one of the sensory reactions of the creature, like distract the predator with heat vision by setting off explosions or whatever, and it will go to that. Or that would be too smart. Like this. Yeah, thought, like oh, that. is this creature attracted to, like. Oh, you're like learning things about it and you like, think that's going to come back. Steam or something, or blah, blah, blah. Chekhov's facts or something. Yeah, Chekhov's tentacle. We already went through this. That was Chekhov's gum. Yeah, now we're going through the tentacle. Mm, she saves the day. And that she does. You know, she's a real heroin addict. And you can really tell by her gaunt face. That's why Funka Jensen has not really gone on to do much. Can we talk about her as an actress? Bartek, did you know her very well when we watched this movie? Did you were like, were you like, oh, that's Jean Grey? I really didn't recognise anyone in this film, but I, I, had, I did see X-Men 2 years ago, almost 10 years ago. It's a very good movie. You should really rewatch I it. I remember liking yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably the it best. Was, it's the, the best. It was written by the guy who voiced Solid Snake, so, you know. Yeah, it's the best. David Hayter. She, what else was she doing? She was in an episode of Star Trek TNG. She macked on Picard. Well, who hasn't? Oh, leg in a hole. We've all had that problem. And isn't that hole very, very vagina-shaped? I, Just like the monster's mouth. See, with me here, I missed... Uh, for some reason, I glanced over... Oh, are you gay? You think vaginas look like that? Well, it's either that or the pit of Carcoon at the start of Return of the Jedi. Or Predator Mouse. Yeah, that's what vaginas... For some reason, every long shot here where you could see the hole, I kind of just <laughs> glanced away. So I was like, wait, what's wrong? Did he, like, trip and he's not <laughs> getting up? Yeah, he's, no, he's just a lazy fuck. He's, he's an old man and his hip's gone out. He's a lazy fuck who's really agitated, I guess. I really thought the captain was going to live... I didn't. <laughs> I really wanted it. expendable. So Ryan, why do you say something and then immediately say that it's not... Because true? I'm attention seeking. Ryan, right? what percentage truth are we on? I haven't been keeping count. 109%. Okay, we made up for So, Famke, you didn't know her very well. I knew her as Jean Grey, and I'll be honest, Sam, I don't really care for uh, Famke. Uh, she's not my favourite X-Man. That's for sure. Well, Jean Grey was always my favourite. Really? Did you not see Rogue? I mean, she was pretty hot in the cartoon. <laughs> see, Am I wrong? 
I haven't watched the cartoons. I've read the comics, like the good. Oh, okay, she's really ones. hot in the comics too. Yeah, the late this is the late seventies. Burn the My favorite X Men in the movies has to be Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Beast. Yes, yes. you said that before. I think it angers me that he's wasted in that movie and that they don't have him properly in any of the other movies because he's the perfect casting choice in a superhero movie ever. Isn't he? When you say, oh yeah, Frasier from, from, from Cheers and the TV show Frasier is going to be Beast. You don't go, oh no, that's not fucking right. You no, go, that's right. fucking spot on. No, Ryan, you say that's the Beast decision. <laughs> that's probably... And then you grin to the camera. That's probably what you're There's a camera? In your mouth. I put my pants back on. You aren't wearing pants. That's true. He's just got his dick on my desk. It's weird that he just slapped his hand on my desk. <laughs> now put your dick on my desk. Yeah, see? You didn't Ryan's got both hands on the desk. It's too, it's too heavy to lift onto the desk. You see, it's it's so little, it didn't make a sound for us to hear. Only the daddy long leg spiders can hear me. <laughs> so, I knew her from X-Men, and I'll be honest, the one thing I think about her is, I go, yeah, she's a lot like... Who's the guy who plays Cyclops? James, James Marsden. Her and James Marsden are both the same actor, but different genders in terms of they're good at what they do, but they're always been gypped by the system. Like in X-Men 3, Cyclops just dies like that's a chunk. making Superman Returns. And, he, and, he, and that's what I was getting to. He dies off screen like a chump. And then she's in X-Men 3 doing her best that she can. To stand there and look veiny. Yeah, and she just dies oh, like a they, chump. They ruin Can I just movie? say that X-Men 3 is the first... I'm not a big Marvel fan or anything, but X-Men is Don't the me. first of the X-Men films that I watched. X-Men 3? X-Men 3. So you like, really went choice. downhill. Yeah, so I was like, well, they just had that character in one scene and killed him off. Okay. Yeah, he was our main <laughs> hero. Uh, so, and both of those actors in the X-Men franchise... Both kind of got gypped. They both get killed like chumps. You think they're going to lead on to something greater, perhaps, and they don't. And the thing is, you know, they're both saying because then, you know, like, with James Marsden, he's in that Superman movie, and he's the best part of that Superman movie, if I'm 100% honest, next to Kevin... I, I think Parker Posey is the best part of that movie, thank you. Kevin Spacey? Parker Posey. Kevin Spacey. Parker Posey with Kevin Spacey. All right, we'll agree that the guy who played Superman was pretty good. So, the supermodel. He was quite attractive. And, um, sad Superman in that movie. So, well, Superman's both, been sad actors, since that movie. both actors played X-Men, and in their careers they have been kind of fucked over, you know, not appreciated, not really given the screen time they deserve. And that's why this is a great choice for an unappreciated masterpiece, because we have a truly unappreciated actress. Yeah. An actor with Treat Williamson. She's done plenty of things. She, oh, what was she in uh, Nip Tuck, that Julian McMahon show where she's playing the sexy, I'm going to sleep with all the teenagers person and it turns out she's a transgender woman. Well, that's great for her. Uh, yeah. We all remember Nip Tuck as the quality TV show that made The Sopranos just bomb in the ratings. Or, exactly. Or they had the, all the sex and the You know, killers. Buffy the Vampire Slayer wished oh, we're getting it was into, Nip Tuck. We're getting into this again. You know Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Is the best it's show. It's shit in comparison to Nip Tuck. Is the best show ever. You know what's even shitter than Nip Tuck? Charmed. Uh, which yeah, also that, had that Julian McMahon. Suck. That show does suck. Why? It had Rose McGowan. A very young... 
attractive before Rose she, McGowan. Before she went all crazy. Before she went super Nazi-esque feminist with the whole... Uh, did you hear about this, Rose? God forbid people be vehemently Let's get back into X-Men. Rose McGowan single-handedly uh, tried to destroy X-Men Apocalypse because one of the posters is of Apocalypse, the bad guy. Oh, Choking Mystique. Yeah, Choking yeah. Mystique, another that. bad guy. Uh, I remember that. Well, she's not a bad she, guy, most maybe. She is. <laughs> Mystique's always a bad guy. She's not. Fuck. That's why I don't like those new movies, because they're like, oh, we got Jennifer Lawrence, and she's naturally too nice, so we can't make her a villain. Like, that's the real reason. Well, Mystique it? in the comics is always a little bit sometimes evil, sometimes good. But mostly evil. <laughs> mostly evil. <laughs> mostly. I like how you she's sat there in silence, and you're just like, I've nothing to say, though. You're she's right. She's also a lesbian. Except well, for when she's not. She's married to a woman at the moment. Or was. And then know. she's they had probably children to men that she also loved dearly and that was died. That was Nat Crawl. Is she the blue one? Yeah. That question's my input. Yeah, Mystique's a blue bitch that's naked. And then she has the kid who's the blue guy. Or and blue bitch. she was. She had a child with a red guy. Oh, she has a kid. Became the blue guy. Yeah, Nightcrawler, the teleporter guy. The one who teleports is her. I feel like I'm just some guy who's been out of loops. Like, oh, they had a child. Oh, well, last time I saw them, they didn't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you don't use condoms. Usually Mystique was a good Catholic girl. That's why she didn't use condoms, because they're against the church. Yeah, condoms are very against the church. Mm. Um, I lived with a very, very psychotic Christian housemate, and she left a a book behind in which she analysed the X-Men as a Christian allegory. (laughs) Despite it clearly being a gay allegory? No, well, race allegory first, then gay allegory. Well, the X-Men movies are pretty... Oh, yeah, but she meant the X-Men in general. Like, not the movies, just in general. So she was like, Cyclops is just like Jesus, you know, he has the power of vision and wisdom. And... He doesn't have the power of vision, he has the power of concussive blast that happens yeah, to but that's his, his that's his vision. Like Jesus. That's his vision power. Like, he has, technically does have vision powers. Like, not in terms of, oh, he can see things from far away, but you know what I mean, like, his vision does stuff. And she was like, oh, and Professor X, of course, is God. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, boy. She didn't even do Nightcrawler, who looks like a literal devil. So I don't know. (laughs) Who's also the very Christian character of the X-Men, too. I get the race allegory, but what's the gay allegory? In the second movie, there's literally a scene where they say, did you try not being a mutant? Oh yeah, you know, with the X Men. Uh, well, with the X Men, in all fairness, the, the, you can. It depends the time period. You know, there can be a race allegory. There can be a, a gender allegory. There can be. There can be. Uh, you know, a sexual allegory. It depends the time period you're they're from as well. Like you know, like in the nineteen what was it when the cartoon came out the nineties and eighties? It was very very gay as well, <laughs> but but also very. Uh, race heavy as well mm. with like uh, um, Jubilee is this this little Asian girl who had like rocket powers it's like it works the, the real so question it's... is what's the allegory about these tentacles well it's obviously an allegory for penis yeah and how this director really loves tentacle penis penises just get everywhere I really wanted this black guy to live I actually wrote in my notes yeah fuck yeah black guy <laughs> and I went oh fuck no black guy fuck no because <laughs> I really thought wouldn't it be great if one of the mercenaries lived? Nah. Why? Why can't they have a redemption arc, Sam? Because <laughs> they don't do anything worth redeeming. What are you talking about? This guy saved them just now. Yeah, he looks cool, he, too. He set off a grenade. He does look cool. He, he looks a bit... 
think he might be French African based on his appearance. Wow, you're just gonna go that. I can see him underwater vaguely. Clearly French African. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the film. Is that Keith David? I think so. <laughs> Keith David's not French African, is he? You don't know that, do you? Right. The Keith David films were, you know, weeks ago. We'd be on that. Yeah, every day. We should watch Keith David movie every day. Oh, I wouldn't mind. I'm pretty sure his organs would have been liquefied by that. Hey! Hey, I, I think Keith David could do a lot of films and not be liquefied. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bartek, any questions you got for Sam here, who's a supreme expert on the movie and has an answer to every single thing? Um... Why did they fire in the room? Broken ship, go boom. <laughs> that was actually a really good response. <laughs> <laughs> this is the level podcast. Yeah, read our, read our podcast five stars, by the way. <laughs> for for, for quality <laughs> like that. Why? What was it? Why is ship go fire? Because ship go boom. No, why, it was, why, is, why, is they, why did they fire in room? Broken ship, go boom. <laughs> I really... And then you ruined it by Bartek by not going in a Dr. Seussian rhyme. So, <laughs> sorry the Dr. Seuss fans are really holding out for Deep Rising done by him, but he was dead by this Why point. Why come he is loon? Sam, I'm going to take it. Because they are facing doom. Oh, see, there you go. Your this, turn, Ryan. I'm not a rhyme. I'm not a rapper. <laughs> uh, I should have my own album. I'm not... I don't rap. I just crap. There you go, see? That was a rhyme. Happy with that? Now, here's the most sensible man in the room. I agree with him, and then this so guy... he's immediately proven wrong. <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. I would have left after that, but this guy got cocky. I didn't agree that he was right all the time, just in this moment. Like, I appreciate a moment where characters actually think for themselves instead of following the leader. Like, you could say this is a moment that stalls the movie by having us gun off and all this kind of stuff, but I like the fact that there are people who are like, no, fuck it, man. We should hold our ground and just like, kill the monster, live here, wait for rescue, all this. You understand, like, you don't go straight off the bat, well, Jason Fleming's being unreasonable. You don't say that to yourself. You may say he's being fearful and not thinking it through all the way, but he isn't being truly unreasonable. But then, you know, Treat William gives an amazing speech about an octopus. He's really committed to it. Yeah, this is what I was referring to earlier with the uh, Asian in the bathroom. Yeah, and this is... It sounds like an urban legend for Asian in the bathroom. It, it sounds funny, but, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, you know I, I, I do about, get it. You know what I love about going to a university with lots of Asian international students is at the university that we we all went to, Deakin, they had signs on some of the toilets that oh, right. showed you do not yeah, squat. Don't the, most, the most troubling part of that is that in order to warrant having those nice signs made up, there must have been enough of a problem with shit on the seats. Oh, there were people complaining about thing, it online. Here's the thing. How do they know that they were squatting just to shit on the seat? Maybe people were just shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, when did they figure it out that that was the problem? Well, I assume that... Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I assume that if they thought that was normal, they wouldn't like be hiding it. It's like, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. You know, it's not like they committed a crime but, and they're being sneaky, like, oh, I didn't do that. 
No, but you're not ashamed at all that you shit on the toilet. <laughs> like, you'd think you'd notice and go, hmm, I pooed on this seat. Maybe this isn't the right way to go about it. Well, they didn't think that in English. Now, I love how this guy just fucking wails. Look at him. He just takes it out With like these a awesome chin. guns that never run now, out. Now, how many tentacles do they, does this monster have? Lots. An octopus usually has eight. And this thing has octo in its name. But it has way more than eight. Yes, I think it does. Does it have, on each eight tentacle... It has eight on that tentacle. A never-ending succession of tentacles? Well, no, no, no. no never-ending no. succession It does, it eight. does, it does end. Hey, how about if they just killed this monster by chopping off all its tentacles? It has the other mouth. Yeah, but then it would have to walk towards you. It'll call its big brother, and the big brother will be very mad. And that's the thing. It's an even bigger squid monster. This movie ends in the best way that you could ever end a movie, which... Look how it throws him around. Yeah. But no blood gets squirted up. This yeah, baby mo- goes to Ireland. This movie has the one of the best endings. It is. It's legitimately a good ending, I think. Which is, I don't know what it's trying to imply with its ending. Like, it's implying that there's going to be a sequel, but there's monsters on the island, and the island is a volcano. Hmm. It's basically Skull Island. Is it an island that has come from the Jurassic Age, <laughs> or it's, it's actually a peninsula? Oh, you got me there. <laughs> it's not actually an island or a peninsula, Ryan. It's in fact a peanut, which is not in fact a nut, but a legume. Legume. Is that true? Yes. That's crazy. Did you not know that? They're not a nut. I, he- I heard someone say something like peanut's not actually a nut, but they never went the full distance Did you of know telling the me. peanut's not actually a nut? It's a legume. Yeah. Oh, did Jerry tell you? No, George told me. I'm sorry. My but other... with a Jerry impression? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this peanut allegory. Let's get back to the big dark meat in the room. The fact that there are no black characters left anymore in this movie. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, though, it's all whiteies. Oh no, there is. There's Hannah. To be fair, oh, though, Asian man. To be yeah, fair, though, the monster doesn't eat the bodies. It just eats the fluids. So you can still have the meat. And then they all end up looking the same in the end, anyway. And that's the beautiful message about race. Yeah, it's telling us that if you skin everyone, they're all the same. <laughs> Everyone's red. I really wanted to know a lot about Canton. He's now, kind of a dick. Do we like Canton? You do. I do. <laughs> but do we as a whole? He's a good antagonist. Or as you think he Oh, I thought you guys say he's chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs> chaotic good. I don't know about that. I mean, when I play D&D, I think chaotic good is like murdering the children to save the town, but apparently that's evil. That's what Anakin Skywalker did. Yeah, that's, that's chaotic <laughs> See, good. that's good. That's some good filmmaking right there. So, we're not a Canton fan, huh? Well, here's what I thought. He led them into this feeding ground, and it felt like, oh, he knows about this. Like, he knew to go away. No, I think he knew it was going to be a problem, so then he knew to run away. I, f- I figured that there was some room nearby where there was something he wanted, so that's why he yeah, was like taking the opportunity. Let to get me there. let me go on my thought process here. Okay, I'll silence. Will, he was the one that knew what the monster was. He was the one that not only made the ships, but he made the ship completely stop. Like you know, at first I you you meant to think oh the monster did or whatever, but but okay. I thought, oh, he made the ship stop. He knows about the monster, and he's led this, led them to this specific feeding ground. So, and then he runs away. I thought, is Canton in on this? Is, no, seriously, I thought, is this a ritualistic thing? Like, is Canton 
What, some cultists? Yeah, it's Canton, some evil cultist guy who feeds these people to this giant monster. You know, and, uh, you know, he's using... And it's gone a bit... It's gone a bit out of... Yeah, it's gone a bit out of hand this time. Like, he didn't properly think about it. You know, he didn't properly plan it through. So that's why he's a step or two ahead of them. But in the end, he just wanted to get to the boat quick. (laughs) But... (laughs) I love his run. (laughs) And then my thing is, why did Canton need to murder the... These these guys... Okay, like, here's my thing. Why can't Canton not murder them? Because he knows that they're... He knows that he needs them, but he kills them? I think he's worried that they'll dob on him when he gets out. That's why you grab the gun and shoot them. Or leave them to the monsters? Or... But that's... That's if... But they need. He needs them to get the ship running. Yeah, I mean, imagine if uh, if uh, Tree Williams had the keys to the boat. Fuck. But also, he doesn't know how to really operate a, a ship. Maybe he's already established this. Maybe he's chaotic, dumb, dumb. <laughs> hey, here's a question I want to ask. You know when he threw a grenade and didn't explode because he didn't twist it. Yeah. The other one explodes. With that one exploding, would that not explode the other one? Um, it's a good question. I think it depends on the way that it's made. Well, I need an expert on this movie to tell me. I'm not an expert on made-up grenades. Excuse me, excuse me. Is this not a documentary? (laughs) I thought this was a true story about how Famke Johnson got the audition for Jean Grey. (laughs) Where they stuck her on a boat, her boat, and fed her and her friends to monsters. And whichever woman out of the two uh, lived got to be... Jean Grey. They were going to either go with a That's Korean... That's to have a Korean Jean Grey. Hey! The X-Men franchise is very, very, very progressive. Would, they would got an Australian have... to be Wolverine. Would she still have been red-haired? Is the real question? Because Jean yeah, Grey cause... is famously red-headed. Yeah. Asians can be red-headed. They can die. You already went through the whole dying hair process. <laughs> yeah, but... Stop being a racist, Sam. What are you, the monster in this movie? Yes. I am. Is I am, in fact, Squid Man. Well, no, it's, it's quite... quite he, ate all the, he ate all the, Asi- the Asians and the blacks first. Maybe they taste so. better. See? Racist. I mean, you say, <laughs> you say that, Ryan, but uh, did we not... And the Australian. Specifically, Sam mentioned the that Islander. the opening shots of the film was going through a lot of, you know, shipwrecks. Yeah, but he, he eats the races he likes first, and then, you know, it's like this, it's like this. You know when you're eating... Um, what's those type of ice creams where they have like the three different flavors? You yeah, know, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, Neapolitan. And Neapolitan, and then you're left with like the pink one, which no one really enjoys that much. It's just the chocolate and the vanilla. You eat the chocolate and just the vanilla, and then you're left with the pink one, and you're like, ah, but you eat it eventually because it's there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about white people. They're just there. <laughs> with the with the pink, with the pink in the Neapolitan, like the one that nobody wants. Except for us whiteies. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Like, Benny... Let's do our impression of white people. What's the deal with white people? I don't know. Tell me what the deal is. That was very foreign for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Foreign people can you be mean, white. You sound like you when I do my impersonation of Christoph Waltz. You know, like, Christoph Waltz is intimidating. I've gone through this many times on the podcast. Christoph Waltz is truly intimidating because English is not his first language. 
because he has to enunciate every single word, and the fact that he's putting in so much effort makes him intimidating. Like, my my favorite part is that I was just doing an American, but it's, <laughs> but with your natural Polish inflections, it just comes across foreign. I was just speaking like this. <laughs> I thought what? this guy it looks was like had, he's shooting himself. I thought he had. Alzheimer's, and that was really sad. <laughs> just sudden he's onset old? Alzheimer's. Worst time for it to In, happen. What, just the memory part of Alzheimer's? Yeah, he forgot that he needed to stop shaking. <laughs> and then I realised, why is the monster eating him so slowly? Um, dramatic it's because art. he's Asian, that's why. Drama. Wait, but you said that it eats the ones... Yeah, well, he's old. I think it's because he's holding so tightly onto oh, his gambling and, addiction. Okay. It's like, I like chicken, but I don't want to eat chicken that's off. And if I have to, I'll eat it slowly for some reason. You know, like, you know. Uh, or maybe he tastes shit. Like, maybe he does. Maybe maybe it's like what we the film we did last week, Guilt Trip, when um, Barbara Streisand was you know, doing that eating competition. Like, eventually, you know, she had to slow down a bit mm. because she was really full and she didn't think she could get through it. Yep. You asshole! He is an asshole, but I, he gets I, his comic revenge. Maybe Barbara Streisand took inspiration from this. Yep. I I agree with that. And you know what we haven't touched upon? The directing's great, of course. The editing, flawless. <laughs> but the thing that really stands out... Sam, what do you think I'm going to say? It's not the effects. It's the music. The music's actually great. It's like classic music, Godzilla movie. The music is so 80s, but it's made in the 90s. It hurts like... The music... Okay, it had the roaring lion sounds at the start, yeah, Bartek. And then as soon as it had the title, it, cut, it was like this deep rising. And then like the moment of science, you hear the water trickling. And then it was... And it's like, what is this? Is this weird techno? Like... What I thought you were doing happening? the Benny Hill impression or something. No, that would be... Benny Hill impression. It sounded like a messed up Benny Hill. No, it was actually more... I was referencing Star Trek, actually, deep down, in which there's an episode of Star Trek in which Spock and Kirk have to fight each other to the death. It has a famous uh, catchphrase... Uh, uh, a famous line, which is, I bet 400 quatlooms on the newcomer. <laughs> and it has the famous music where it's like... It's like, yeah, fucking kill each other. So I bet 400 quatlooms on Benny. How many quatlooms do you bet? I bet that Benny lives. He doesn't in The Mummy, spoiler alert. I bet all of my quatlooms that Parker Johnson survives and is hot. Question, is she still hot now? Well... Because this is like I'd nearly say, 20 I'd, years ago. I'd say she's it beautiful in a womanly way. It depends. Way. Okay, is she hot though? I, I, I really can't inside comment on a volcano? Has she aged gracefully without cosmetics? I think she has. Has she cosmetics? Yeah, I think she has. Fucking Famke, why can't you be the she hero? Was, what, you saw her in the Days of Future Past movie. She popped up at the end. I Yeah, but she was so minor with a different hairstyle that I really didn't go, oh yeah. She looks like herself. Well, that's, like, whose well, fault is that? Well, well, hold on, hold on. We know the X-Men franchise aren't afraid of using digital trickery to make people <laughs> look young and attractive. Hence, X-Men 3 or Wolverine, you know, like I'm just saying. Oh, the uh, Wolverine X-Men Origins. Is this, oh, is this leading to Ryan saying that Kelsey Grammer looked really hot in those films? He was blue and hairy, which I like. <laughs> Oh, know? look, he's shedding a tear for Layla. No, that's just grease. <laughs> it's really hot in this boat. 
Now you didn't do a good impersonation of him. Do it again. It's really hard in this boat. Pretty good, but it was more like. <laughs> And then every now and then, Jesus! <laughs> so, can't get the song stuck out of my head. This is where they start going to Jaws territory. Uh, Jaws. Gotta, uh, jury rig your own weapon? No, nah, I'm kidding. It's actually a reference to the African Queen. <laughs> no, it actually is. And have you seen the African Queen with uh, Humphrey Bogart? At the end of that movie, they, they uh, are going to be captured by, um, I can't remember if it's Germans, I think it is. Because it's set during the First World War period, and I think, and uh, they grab the, the the African queen. They stick a torpedo in it that they found from earlier in the movie, and they fly it towards the ship and kill a bunch of Germans. Oh, how interesting! And then the I'm movie sure Catherine Hepburn would be proud of the legacy her film has left. She did win an Oscar for it, yes. and it is one of the greatest films. And it also gave us a great moment in Deep Rising. Thank you, Catherine Hepburn. Oh, leave me alone. I'm just Catherine Hepburn. Oh, we can tell it was Catherine Hepburn because you said, I'm just Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> yeah. It's a very subtle performance there. Lots of nuance. Guys, who, who, who am I doing an impression of now? Oh, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Ah, oh, Muscles Barsack. <laughs> You're back. Yeah. It was actually weird because you sounded like more like more like Kramer I sounded like <laughs> I was doing it and I was like why am I putting a Kermit inflection on my Jerry Seinfeld wouldn't it be great if someone re-spliced uh, the Muppets by replacing Kermit's voice with Jerry's and then re-splicing the <laughs> Seinfeld show with Jerry's voice <laughs> Miss Piggy with Kermit's yeah we will be like oh, oh I gotta do a Kermit he's too he's too deep uh mm. Hello, uh, Miss Piggy. And this, this is where the guy becomes the villain of the movie. You know, this is where Anthony Heald said, Hey, motherfucker. Hey, motherfucker. Give me a I was in gun. a movie with Anthony Hopkins and he got an Oscar for only being in it for like 18 minutes. And I was in it way more. Where's my fucking Oscar, Famka? <laughs> fucking flares, you This bitch. wasn't in the script. It's actually just him very angry. Yeah. You know... I recently watched a movie that reminded me very much of this film. It was called Moonlight. And, uh, I heard that one on an award. It won several. And it had an actor in that movie. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he won the Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. And he's in that movie for a total of seven minutes. <laughs> really? And he supported it well. And it made me think of Anthony Heal being angry about Anthony Hopkins winning an acting award for being in a movie that's two and a bit hours for 18 minutes. Was that the, the very Bridge of Spies minutes? one? What? Sorry, no, what was... Because one of the guys who was presenting won, like, Best Supporting Actor the previous year. Oh, the guy in Bridge of Spies was in the movie Bridge of Spies a lot. <laughs> was he? I yeah. could have sworn people complained if he wasn't. In no, the, what they are complaining was... We don't know who this guy is because we didn't see Bridge of Spies. That's oh, the complaint. Okay. You know, it's like it's like when uh, Manchester by the Sea won. People like normal people are like I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. What is, what is this fucking guy? Casey Affleck. Uh, he's got it because it's Ben, right? His brother's Ben Affleck. Batman punched an Oscar judge in the face and went, "Vote for my rapist brother." I don't think he was a rapist. I think he was a sexual assaulter. There's a oh. difference. Is there a difference? Yes. Sam. Yes. What's the difference? Yes, rape is like forcibly having sex with someone or a sexual assault is just doing something a step before that. Oh, didn't, he, didn't he just grab grab, grab them? I don't and, know like, Casey's story. Innuendo. I haven't even watched Manchester by the Sea. Neither have I, but I have watched Deep Rising. Look at him run. I have, 
seen Manchester by the and Sea. And it wasn't as good. Well, okay. Was there ten squid monsters in the sea? Yeah, with Manchester by the Sea, could it have been improved with giant squid monsters? Possibly, because it was set, <laughs> as you can tell by the name of the film, by the sea. If by Manchester, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I feel like if they had been having their dramatic moment and it was then interrupted by a giant octolus. This is true. On our last time episode with Sam, the Starsky and Hutch movie, I asked, could Starsky and Hutch been improved with a giant squid monster? Because <laughs> we were talking about Deep Rising. And Bartek's answer, this is not a joke, was yeah. you floundered with your answer by going, uh, uh, well, you know, I guess we, oh, adding a squid monster, you say? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, uh, I mean, couldn't hurt. <laughs> so you weren't too sure. But now that you've watched the movie where they have added a giant squid monster. <laughs> Look at me, it. I'm a movie... And as Bartek said, he's not a monster movie connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I am. So I knew back then when I asked that question, yes, every movie could be... Especially <laughs> a, a comedy could be improved. Now that you've seen a movie with a giant squid monster... Could Manchester by the Sea, Sasuke and Hutch, all movies without giant squid monsters be improved with a giant squid monster? Bartek? Uh, well, you, uh, you know, it couldn't hurt. No, it couldn't hurt. You know, I really wished that when I watched Moonlight, one of the gay black boys would have been a giant squid monster. Wouldn't it have been better? Or had a giant squid monster? I know. I'll be honest, Sam. Like Moonlight, when... I had a lot of anticipation for this movie. But unlike Moonlight, this met my anticipations <laughs> and more. I saw Moonlight and I enjoyed it. It was a good film. But, I don't know, it wasn't as spectacular as I was hoping. But it did a lot. This movie was as spectacular, if not more so. And it did even more. And look at that. Why Where was that, this? Why, why is this thing has a, have another mouth? What's the point? So this director's gone on to do a fair bit. He did the Mummy movies. Yes? Yes. Scorpion King. And, and uh, that's about it? <laughs> no, he did something else. After Scorpion King. Like some very desert-based titles. Nah, he really likes yeah. the sky. He In all of those movies, flying's involved. Uh, did he do Mummy 3? I don't know if he did Mummy 3. Yeah, because he was fucking dead sucked. by then. Three mummies? That's a big house. No, in the Mummy 3, the mummy's not even in it. It's, it's an Asian mummy. It's a polyamorous relationship. Actually, <laughs> that was a good one, Sam. I'm very proud of Still you. Think it's a big household. <laughs> <laughs> very, very happy with you with that one. Four bedroom house. It's so, solid. have we ever? We're all actors, or have acted, or created stuff. Have delusions thereof. Delusions of grandeur. I don't suffer it myself, and that's why God has picked me alone to do this podcast. I don't have delusions. I just am. Exactly. So, I I want to know: Is there a specific type of genre-based movie that you would like to star in like like this you know like when you see a movie like this have you ever wanted to be like yeah this is the type of movie i would want to be in like or or a a screwball comedy like like screwballs or what's a what's a genre piece movie that you just would like to be in or part of i'm just down for anything really oh thanks bartek that was the neutral answer what was that? Uh, anything that pays. Ah, oh, you um, guys in your neutral. I would definitely have said monster movie or zombie movie, which I suppose is a kind of monster movie. Mm. Or rather than movie, Will and Grace. Just put me in Will and Grace. <laughs> that looks like the most fun job in the world. Could you please, please be Karen? <laughs> well, that was kind of the intention. What do you think I'm a gay guy or something? I'm mm. clearly a rich woman. I know. I really want you to be the really cool black boss. 
In oh Rose? yeah, yeah, but he's dead. Um, that's really sad. That's why you should play him. <laughs> I'll just replace him. And be in blackface. I look like it. <laughs> no, I'm honest. I'm honest. I say this honestly. I'm a comedy guy. Monster movies are fun, sure. But there's one movie that we've done on this show that inspired me that I actually want to be in this type of genre. There was a movie we did called The Boy Next Door. Yeah. And I would love to be in a schlocky erotic thriller. That is something I am totally interested what in. What character would you play yeah, in schlocky? I, I would play the principal. <laughs> Shows up for one scene. No, in the boy next door, she's the main character. Oh, I say that was a oh, vice principal. Well, fuck me, I'm an idiot. Get out of here. But no, I would just like to be in an erotic thriller because I love how self-serious they are, but they're so silly. Like even the greatest ones, like you know, the boy next door, the boy next door, or um, uh... what's the one with uh, Michael Douglas and uh, Glenn? What's her name? Glenn, Glenn, Close? Glenn Close. What, Fatal Attraction? Fatal Attraction. Like, even the most serious ones of those, you just can't help but go, <laughs> It's a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> I'd love to be in that kind of movie. Come on, Bartek, you gave me such a nonchalant, I'll just do anything. But isn't that a good attitude to have? Isn't no, that... I'm, I'm getting you to give me a specific. Come on, isn't there, isn't there not one? Like, have you never wanted to be, like, in a, in a noir or gangster or a... Uh, or a, a slapstick comedy or silent movie. I mean. Anime. I don't know. <laughs> it is Bartek Sun. <laughs> see, it's really annoying being on a podcast because you can't see when my lips just keep moving after I've said something. I mean, we heard that. Wow, I mean, wow, visual wow. comedy in the podcast. I'm really good at visual comedy. That's why I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is this you being in denial, Ryan? Oh, no, I'm not in Egypt. So, whatever movie I did, I would hope it ends in a jet ski chase. You know what movie I see Sam in? And this is no joke. I see Sam being in a Will Ferrell comedy <laughs> as Will Ferrell's hairdresser who gives him the same semi-Afro haircut. And knows that it's a punishment. And no, you're ignorant. Like, you have a little fro hair because you used to have somewhat curlier hair back in the day. Yeah. You didn't know any better. <laughs> and and uh, It's just nature. And you'll be like... You know what they say, a Jufro gets the girls, and you're like way over the top gay. So I can only play gay characters, is that uh, it? In a Will Ferrell movie, yeah. Is that it? In a Will Ferrell movie, yeah. You typecast him? No, in a Will Ferrell movie you typecast, yeah. Mm, better. It's better than when I was typecast at university, I always played rapists. Gay rapists? Once? Would you play Will Ferrell in Starsky and Hutch? He said rapists! <laughs> <laughs> That one's like dragons. We don't know what he was in prison for in that movie. <laughs> Loving dragons too much. Raping dragons too much. Now back to dragon raping. This guy's raping the water with his jet ski. Now I'm I was really, really worried. A podcast with a lot of raping. Oh, so this is a film that what was that? Water. What was that? I'm glad this podcast has a lot of raping. References. In every episode, we somehow involve rape because each movie involves rape most of the time. This is one of the few movies in the long plethora we've done it recently that hasn't involved sexual assault or rape. I'm pretty sure that people in Tentai would say this is a raping movie. Hey, Anthony Hill just got raped by a bomb. And this bomb's gonna rape the shit out of his face. So yeah, See, I think I will say though I hate when movies when there's a really good way to kill the bad guy like slowly digested alive. But then they just get blown up instead, and like some other character who didn't do anything wrong got horribly digested alive. Yeah, no, Sam, this guy needs glasses. You wear glasses. Well, he took them off. No, they, they fell, fell off. off. I mean, 
if you think about it really hard, the universe took them off. Thank you. See, that shot showed the surfboard just then, so yeah. that's cool. Um, I will say that uh, a terrible Roy Scheider, I think it was straight-to-TV movie. Roy Scheider? Roy Scheider, yes, the guy from Jaws. Um, and he, Marathon Man, yeah. Yeah, he they uh, couldn't be bothered making their own ship explosion, so they stole this one and forgot to digitally change the name of the ship. Yep, I saw that in the trivia. Yes. I saw the movie. <laughs> Was it your favourite movie? Yeah. Because you saw Deep Rising involved? Yeah, it's definitely my favourite. I was like, oh, I remember that. So, you wear glasses. That villain wore glasses. He, he had a trouble seeing. How bad is it for you to see? Um, I could see you fine, but I would not be able to see the television. It would just be a nice, at the moment, orangey smear. Is a smear right now. You should look harder. Roger Ebert said it was a smear. Oh, poor little squeaky. This film's a smear. Poor squeaky. It wasn't Come on, like that's not a great movie explosion. It wasn't a squid, it was an octopus. This film Think is... there's enough dynamite there, Butch? <laughs> now, they're jet skiing away in the sea. Now, that's very important for me, because I was really concerned that their tactic was to use a jet ski. And I was like, well, won't the waves be pretty hectic out in the storm? In I mean, the sea? Ryan, do you not remember the fact that there was a speedboat earlier in the film? Yeah, but that fell off the ship. It didn't sink. Until it got hit by the other boat. Exploded. Yeah, but there was no one in it, so it might have flipped at some point, and the people. You say got... in, but you're more like on a speedboat rather than. Uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted by. You're gonna get sand in your thumper, shoes, Dun- Dunson. I'll be honest. I was really disappointed with the lack of nips. No, no. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. In movies, we've watched women when they've encountered the cold or the wet, especially in the '90s, where bras didn't exist for some reason. Uh, nips prevalent and. She's obviously wearing a bra, and I'll be honest, even with bras, a lot of these movies, they get drenched and there will be something there. In this movie, I actually question how much water she was drenching, because it looks like they just wet her hair, and just went, well, uh, they'll think that her They might have been on the land for a while. No, they literally just got out of water. No, they didn't literally just got out of water, because he was trying to fix the thing, and she happened to find something. Alright, what about this here, where she's clearly in the water now? Well, we'll see. We'll see if her chest gets wet. Do you think the Nickelodeon Pictures film Snow Day looked at this and said, we can, we can be more sexy <laughs> We can than do this. more nips. They really did do a lot of nips in Snow Day. <laughs> you know, on Snow Day, I Ryan can't stop talking about the nips. It's because I have seen so many people discuss the movie Snow Day and never discuss the biggest thing I've ever noticed about that movie, which is supreme nip blasting in a kid's movie. This isn't a kid's movie, so it doesn't have nip blasting. And that's what I'm really saying is, since this isn't a kid's movie, there are no nipples. Involved. Nips are for kids because, after all, where does what do babies suck on? Where do babies feed from? We've already gone through this in a Three Musketeers episode, so let's not. Did we? Yeah, babies are birthed from the nipples, according to Bartek. Oh, that's right, I did say that. Bartek thinks babies are born from nipples. Oh, dear. I did then, but then I read a book. And that book was called oh, Mein Kampf, and it really taught me a lot. <laughs> Benny, now, Bartek, did you think he was dead? Off screen dead. I I thought he'd be alive. I actually thought he was dead, and I got genuinely angry at this movie because I went, that's cheap. Then he's alive. Because I've had off screen deaths in this movie before. So I wasn't surprised. Now, do we think this monster is another octopus monster? No, it's some other kind of monster on Volcano Island, and they're fucked. Oh, and there's dinosaur birds. Yeah. Pterodactyls? No, dinosaur birds. (laughs) So the movie is now ended. The subtitles stay on for now what? Because it really wanted us... Did you know the original catchphrase was what now? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. IMDb trivia, look it up. 
So oh, God, the movie has finally ended. It is unfortunate that Deep Rising cannot be playing again. Thanks, Rob. He is actually a famous uh, Jerry Goldsmith creature. did the music. He's thanks, he's Jerry. Done a lot of, a lot of famous people involved in this. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to move on to our ratings and our reviews of uh, uh, ratings of our choice and, and our reviews. Uh, Bartek, let's hear from you first. Now what? Now what? Now Now's my review, uh-huh. Ryan. <gasps> no one ever usually answered his question of now what either. Like, now what? Shut the fuck up! That's what? Like, no one ever said that to him? It's like, dude, that is a very inappropriate question. We are fighting for our lives here, and you're just trying to give all this unnecessary, irrelevant questions to us while we're trying to survive. That's what now. Uh-huh. If I had to give it a rating, I'd say it was a decent question to ask. I would have answered it. <laughs> Alright, you going to give us your review? It is always, I was going to say breathtaking, but it's always relieving and gives you a really nice feeling in your heart when we on this show cover a genre that maybe we haven't touched yet. Like, I remember when we did uh, the, you just mentioned it before, uh, the boy next door. It was really relieving to finally acknowledge yes, there are erotic thrillers out there. There are films that we can do on this show that have a very uh, sexually provocative content in it. And this film, too, I would say, uh, can be on that film's level because it gives us a true horror survival kind of film. Like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, that. Uh, sometimes you just want to watch a film where you don't have to necessarily um, identify like characters because you know, yeah, they can just be fodder for the monster to uh, do gore with. Yeah. To put it in one way. Um, and it's a really big shame that every single type of genre can be criticised so harshly by Roger Ebert and other <laughs> such... I know, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> because they're wrong. Because they're they wrong. wrong. That every genre can be so harshly criticised and not shown for what it can really do for us. I mean, if we take it at its core, entertainment. What is entertainment? I mean, to be really, really basic about it, it's just, you know, finding enjoyment, killing time, um, feeling something that's worth feeling. And as we've proven, there is a certain gentleman on this show right now who has watched this film at least 20 times? At least, probably more. I've only watched it twice now. Yeah, same here. (laughs) And we all feel something for it, and that in itself means that there's value in it. Even if it might not be, you know, the deepest film ever made, like we're all... I mean, it's pretty deep in the sea where the monster came from. Yeah, but the deep rose in this film, so it's not very deep by definition. It did, it did. You can feel free to use that as a rating for your reviews. Um, (laughs) What? Nothing, Kiko. You're a legend. Thank you, Ryan. This film is one that is worth your time. It is worth your love. And if you can find it on DVD, unlike some people here who couldn't find it on DVD because it was very hard, truly that means that this film is a... It's a T word, guys. You know what it is? Treasure. That's right. It is a treasure. This film is a treasure. Oh, I got it. At, yeah. Cool. It's like reassure, but you have a T at the start and it's spelled a bit differently. Yeah. <laughs> you can quote me on that, everyone. 
on his, at his funeral I'll announce that in the eulogy <laughs> <laughs> of this, all the episodes this is episodes. what Bartek had to say about deep realism this is what Bartek had to say about reassure and treasure <laughs> no context keep going my it's prince like the... oh I'm a prince now you'll be a king if you finish fuck yeah finish like a penis in no, sex we're, no we're Polish we're not Finnish Ha-ha! <laughs> get it? Then why'd you tell me to finish? Just calm down. My, oh. my liege. Is this because I read Mein Kampf, like you said earlier, maybe? Yeah, now you're getting all Hitler-y on us. Well, inevitably well if I'm Hitler, I remember that you are Polish. Industrial Light and Magic did the special effects. Great sure job! The, Where was the magic? Sure, this is the feather in their cap whenever someone asks <laughs> well, them, right. what, is, what is Industrial Light and Magic done? They Isn't... don't say Star Wars, they don't say Indie Giants, they say... Big browsing. Isn't entertainment magic at its core? Yeah. The true magic of the world. You know, you got like... This isn't really magic, but aliens. They come, they come from another planet. They have different things about their culture. They come to Earth. They're like, what is the fantastic sci-fi magic of this planet? And we're like entertainment and where better to start? Check out that one right there. It's called Deep Rising. <laughs> 1998. Out of? Out of, <laughs> I, I'd give it the full 1998. I reckon. <laughs> 1998 out of 2000. If I have to give this film a rating, then the rating that I will give it is. No, no, no! Ch- stop, everyone! There's been a mistake. Deep Rising. You guys won Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactive. Well, I'm gonna go into my review and rating, Sam. We this is leave. not a joke. You guys won Best Picture. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> so, um, here we go. Deep Rising. A title that is as just mysterious and or confusing as the plotline of the movie itself. But that is where the general masses got stuck, I think. I think people couldn't handle Finny and Trilly and Canty and Benny. You know, <laughs> people, people couldn't hand, handle their adventures. But that's the thing. This was going to be a sequel. This was going to have a sequel. This was going to be a movie where... It was going to be a franchise. And you know how you watch a movie like Batman v Superman and it frustrates you and you don't have all the answers, but you know deep down that you're going to get those answers in further installments. I think this is the case with that. People, unlike with Batman v Superman, didn't bend over backwards exposing their sphincters to defend the product like they did with Batman v Superman because they just weren't ready for a property that was original and new, and that was building up a world. This film is a genius piece of art. This film has a lot to say about tentacles. Such as? And that's all I have to say about that. If I had to give this a rating, I would give it eight tentacles out of who knows how many tentacles, but I imagine it's not more than eight. For an octopus-like so creature. So you can comfortably assume 100%. 100% tentacle. 100 tentacle action. Sam, let's hear from you, the true king of Deep Rising. <laughs> Just to let everyone know, Ryan said you. He's not talking about the letter. He's talking about, like, referring to Sam. I could be speaking computer talk. Oh, you do a good job at it. Hashtag at Langsford, Sam. <laughs> I think I've got a better screen name than that, but I don't have one. Um, this film, this film that terrified me as a child, particularly as the credits described him, half-digested Billy. Um, Some might think, like Mr. Ebert, that it is something not worth watching, that it is a stain upon cinema's histories, that 
the the characters and the plot and the action and those special effects don't add up to a delightful hour and 45 minutes. But in fact, I would challenge them to go in with an open mind, possibly not open by the digesting processes of these tentacle monster things. No, I hope not. And just enjoy it for what it is. Uh, my guns don't run out. There's lots of tentacle monsters. These characters are disposable action, horror, gooey thing. And so I rate it five gooey digested skulls out of five. Yay! Best! Yay! Now, Bartek, I, you and I have collected comments and or reviews. Did you just assume my actions? You didn't find a quiz for this? <laughs> I didn't, but when I, when I looked up on... Uh... On Google, um, deep rising quiz. One of the results was a quiz, and the name of the quiz was "How much do you love Malcolm Turnbull?" <laughs> Not enough. So what you're saying is Malcolm Turnbull is a giant squid, squid monster of Australia. Yeah. Just so to let everyone know, Malcolm Turnbull is our prime minister. Yeah, he's our supreme chancellor of the Senate of Darkness. <laughs> so, Bartek, you have YouTube comments. I have IMDb reviews. I have collected about five or six great IMDb reviews, and Bartek has a great handful of YouTube comments. I'm going to launch straight into... Uh, now, with these reviews, I have often said in the past, I haven't said in a while, that they've Ooh. been written in from a universe that is not our own. This is why uh, I just... You say dimension. Dimension. Actually. This time, it's written in, in our dimension. Oh. And I'm not saying that Sam Langsford single-handedly wrote every single positive IMDb <laughs> review, but I think he did. This one's from 2002, Sam Langsford. <laughs> it's called, it's officially the best film ever made. You remember this review. <laughs> Deep Rising is one of the best films ever made, if not the best. That's right. I'm making a bold statement, but it's true. Clearly, many of you will here will disagree, but when you've seen the evidence that I put forward, I don't think you'll be able to argue. Number one, The Godfather. The Godfather was less believable than Deep Rising and also lacked such things as multi-barreled assault rifles, jet skis, and huge torpedoes. Deep Rising, however, did not. That's true. Number two, Raging Bull. No half-digested slash half-alive bodies. No engine room full of bloody bones or cool-looking harpoon guns. Deep Rising had all these things. <laughs> Number three, Citizen Kane. A worthy try, but in the end, Orson Welles' decision to omit a massive underwater squid monsters left this film floundering. Deep Rising came up trumps in this department. Deep Rose up. Casablanca. Fails to deliver... Number four, Casablanca fails to deliver on every account. Most notably, no one gets pulled down a toilet. Again, Deep Rising excels. <laughs> the sad thing is that if the color purple had included a raid on a sinking cruise liner infested with sub-aqua uh, sub monsters as part of the film, then it too would have climbed to the top of my favorite movie list. But as with most films, the director took the easy way out and chose to ignore the very overlooked area of filmmaking. In my, in my aquatic monster-slash-cruise-liner-catastrophe mark uh, marking system, Deep Rising gets a colossal four shrimps, but the rather lacking, but the rather lacking Godfather only gets three anglefish and a haddock. Okay. 
That was the first commute. I do, I do like that you brought up the <laughs> mental image of Whoopi Goldberg uh, yelling at a giant squid monster. But like, let's hear some YouTube comments that were also written by Sam. Yes, uh, I had many accounts. Actually, the first movie. one probably was written by Sam because it was just, <laughs> I love this movie. Not too serious, but fun to watch. I bet it is. The next one might not have been written by Sam, or maybe he was drunk, I don't know. Um, Sam is drunk. It is... I love this movie, stupid open ending, I want a sequel. <laughs> and the next one also might actually be by Sam because I binged the fuck out of this movie. How do you binge a single movie? You, you watch it again and again it. and again, back oh, to back, back to back, every day, all day. Oh. You fucking mustn't have written that one then. The next one also, I guess, might be written by Sam because they survive all that just to end up at Jurassic Park. Shit! Oh. And there's a response to this one, so I don't know if you responded to yourself or someone he else. He did. Yeah, screw that. Either shoot myself or run like hell to a cave small enough to hide from whatever creature it was. That's a great well, contribution. Well, I'm going to give you the second review here, written by Sam in 2005, uh -huh. from The Big City. That's the location this is put in. Stephen, Stephen Sommer's best film. It's just a tad better than the... And this is a nine-star review, guys. This is just a tad better than the first mummy, and it wheezes on Van Helsing like an incontinent dog. When I first saw this movie, I had no idea what to expect. I was at the cinema one night. I just come out of a movie, can't remember which, and I saw the poster. The tagline, full scream ahead, seemed corny enough that it might be good. Then I noticed Famke Janssen was in it. Bonus! Like, that's a sentence on its own. Bonus! And it seemed like a good late-night B-movie to follow the one I had just seen. I was there with a mate of mine who was kind of indifferent. I twisted his arm, and he agreed. Two hours later, I walked out grinning like an idiot. It's silly, cliche-heavy, and utterly predictable. This movie rocks! See, Summers and all the actors know that it's silly, cliche-heavy, and predictable. It, in fact, that's the idea! It's also full of spot-on one-liners and gags, and the horror bits seem more intended to gross out than to actually scare. The bit where a half-digested member of the team bursts out of one of the monsters, still alive despite half his head missing, is not for the weak of stomach. Most thrillers and horror movies set out to keep you on the edge of your seat, but with this one, I was too busy falling out of it with laughter. <laughs> See, he's already falling out. Treat is, well, a treat, oh, as Finnegan, the rugged all-American adventure, adventurer type. For a while, I was disappointed that Bruce Campbell... That was the guy I was referring to. Bruce Campbell wasn't cast in the role, as it would have suited him perfectly, but... I've since decided that Treat does a bang-up job and deserves full praise. If he does do more movies like this, I might become a fan. <laughs> I might. Has he done any movies since this? No, he's done TV shows. Kevin J. O'Connor is hilarious as a sidekick Grease Monkey and performs all the better for not having to put on a stupid accent. He gets most of the best lines. Famke is, gre is great as always. Sexy, funny, and capable in the action scenes. Anthony Heald, as the villain, is hammy and over-the-top in a good way. And Wes is, well, Wes. <laughs> Just 
That's all they have to say about him. All the goons are fine, particularly Jason Fleming and the late Trevor Goddard. It's nice to see a good mix of nationalities in there, and the playful infighting amongst them is a nice touch. The assault rifles are cool too. Funny though, I never noticed anyone reloading. The special effects are just bad enough to work in this context without appearing too lame. A few years before this movie was made, they had actually been considered to be brilliant. But Summers realizes that sometimes it's best not to actually show the monsters. They swim along under the knee-deep water. The walls of the corridors buckle and threaten to collapse. Gratings fly out of the floor directly behind the running characters. Very effective. The climax, the climax is about as far-fetched as it's possible to get, but it's done so well. Like all this movie's flaws, it doesn't matter. If you're easily scared, this will do the job. If you like tongue-in-cheek, B-grade action flicks, this is one to see. If you like movies that force you to think, make you change your outlook on life, and move you to tears, yeah... You should really watch this to see what you're missing out on. <laughs> that was just, that was one. You want to hit us with one more? With some of yours, Butter? Sure. Um, this sure. one has sure. a series of responses, but the initial comment is, damn, for night... Sorry, just how you said that. And he's like, and the initial comment is, damn. <laughs> I'll start again. Hello, listening people. That's a joke. Alright, the comment is, Damn, for 1998, these effects are kick-ass. I wish movies nowadays were like how they were back then. And the first response is, Bitch, please, you haven't seen any good movies nowadays that practical effects, Interstellar, Force Awakens, and more. Another response was, You mean with shitty CGI? Yeah, and this is when the initial commenter responded. I think it looks better than... Sorry. I think it looks better than than it does now. And the response for that one is, then you're just blinded by your nostalgia, dude. You can't objectively say that what you see in that video looks better than the CGI we produce today because it just isn't. The level of detail in, in integration nowadays is objectively much better. And the initial commenter just gave one last response. Ugh! Okay, thank you. Jesus, now because of this small comment I left like five months ago, now I'm getting all this shit back. Why do all of my comments have so much activity? Okay, my phone was blowing up that day. I got really upset. Uh, yeah. Did they respond? Did anyone respond to that? I think that was the last comment. Oh man, we should respond to it. But I'm not, I'll read a no- <laughs> Just press them off. Well, the comments were like a listen year ago. Listen to our ago. podcast. Yeah, listen to our podcast. We mentioned you. I tried to pronounce that uh, series of random letters. Another comment we have here is, I remember watching this when I was a kid. Oh, that's Sam again. And I've spent years trying to figure out what it was called. I've searched giant octopus with face tentacles on a cruise ship so many times. So So thanks for this. And (laughs) And the response, lol, I'm you. I search ugly octopus on huge ship. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'll read you the... I have two more... I have... Three reviews left. I'm going to read two back to back. I've got six. 
This one is written by a guy called Art Vandelay, but I think it's actually Sam from 2002 <laughs> again. Was that a, hold on, is that a Seinfeld? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Took me That's a second. his fake name for George. Now, this one is a 10-star review called This Put the Wowsers in My Trousers. <laughs> See? Rap. Okay, so ah, This same. Puts the Wowsers in My Trousers. <clears throat> 10 stars. What now? No question. <laughs> that's, ta- that's a yelling statement. What now? What now? I have just watched this film after a period of disappointment in the current state of mainstream movies such as Hannibal, Star Wars, Episode 1, etc. And I can say that this is a bit of a cracker. And no mistake, it rocks along at a hell of a pace. The film seems to last only about an hour and is never less than total entertainment. Yeah, sure, it's cliche, but sometimes that's exactly what the Doctor ordered. As for the lead, played by Treat Williams, Glib does not begin to describe his nature and, in my opinion, is the number one action hero. I can only hope for some kind of sequel, as I'd rather see more of this than any amount of mummy movies. (laughs) Sam was really angry, but then Sam, 2002 again wrote a movie review with no rating in the stars. He just wrote, Now What? That's the title. Good reference, Sam. (laughs) I was in year six at the time. I had a lot of a... I caught the reference. Such a comfortable old friend, this movie. Wait, does this movie contain spoilers? Oh, yes, it contains spoilers. Such a comfortable old friend, this movie. Love it. Entertainment with a capital E. Steven Summers was hired to direct a B-grade monster movie with limited funds, limited actors, and limited FX. And to keep it entertaining, well, I'm here to tell you, he most certainly succeeded. In the grade scale of things, this flick was never going to matter, make much money, or pull too many votes at the Academy Awards. But I tell you what, it's as honest as the day is long, unpretentious, undemanding but heaps of fun as Treat Williams squares off against a pathetically organised gang of boat nappers hired by the owner to sink his to sink his own cruise ship purely for the insurance payout. Gorgeous Famke Jensen with whom I have wanted to have children since golden eyes <laughs> <laughs> Femme in slinky red sorry I'm going to have to pause here mid-review for a few minutes while I have a cold shower. (laughs) She, Finnegan, and his... Because he's feeling hot. (laughs) She, Finnegan, and his best friend, Joey... I think you mean Benny, but okay. Must neutralize not only the terrorists, but the somewhat awesome sea creature that disposed of most of everybody in gruesome fashion on board. The... What was it? Agonautica. See, he nailed it. What makes this film so watchable? quite apart from Miss Jansen's cleavage, is the repartee, terrific characterizations, and remarkably good CGI effects on show. This is not a film to critically analyze, simply to enjoy. And if you can't do that, you have serious issues to deal with. A total B-grader that makes no attempt to disguise its pedigree. I consider it to be a winner on all levels. Great ending too. Great ending too. Of course, with silly, of course, with full, fully under, of course, if you fully understand the meaning of my two-word summary, that's just what you have to say there okay. at the end, you know, by the title. Now what? Now what? So, Bartek, hit us with your last YouTube 
comments. Sam, buckle yourself in because these are going to be a roller coaster ride. Whoa! That's the fall. Um, Splat. This. That's so sad. He committed suicide so young. He had so many. So many. This is like our Galvis X-Men. All he had over so again. many X-Men allegories to tell us about. Too bad Sam's now a ghost here on the podcast. A ghost of his former self. You know what would cheer us up? More comments. I'm commenting now. This next comment here is from someone who's just looked at the video and decided, oh, I know what this is. This is a trailer for the movie. So, a reverse hentai then, in that instead of the tentacle entering you, you enter the tentacle. (laughs) Hot. And he spells hot H-A-W-T. And it's its own sentence. Oh dear lord. The that next was, comment. That was, that was Someone is definitely getting off to this movie. The next one. comment is: If this were a hentai, it'd be called Deep Descending. <laughs> Good one, but not as good as the other ones. No. Yep. Started off with the goal. Our third of the last six comments is: I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. Well, <laughs> to a big room filled with melted skeletons. No, unfortunately, that's, that's no to jet skiing. <laughs> Wee. Unfortunately, that's it for the hentai comments. Aww. The next two are about a similar topic, though. And it, the, the initial comment for this one is, R.I.P. Asian bathroom lady. <laughs> and the response is, she was rich. More cash dollar for the monster. What? Mon and stir, apparently two different words. <laughs> Poor monster, you just went cash. <laughs> I just want your Did you money, know that buddy. he was actually trying to rob the vault? <laughs> but he couldn't get his squid hands around it, even though they can open jars? It was actually a big, a big plot the whole time to get her to open the thing for him, and then he was going to get it. I see. Guys, this next comment is, I'm still afraid of the toilet scene even to this day. But don't worry, guys. The response... You know, lightens it up. Oh, thank God, it's the monster. And it's, the monster was just, sorry, the monster just tried to help with her constipation problem, smiley face. I'm very happy that he helped her with that. Yes. She She had stools with blood in them. Yeah, she did. I think she might need to go to a doctor. That's why he was taking her off to when he pulled her off the doctor. Guys, he did say tried to help. Wow. She's dead now. And the final comment. It's the final comment. We, we can't get the copyright to that song, but I like that music. That's no. why I sang it shit like I do, because I'm shit at singing. That's true, he is shit. That's self-deprecation, guys. The final comment is... Just facts. How does a creature that swallows its food whole make such a huge mess? I propose that the ship shouldn't be full of bodies. It should be full of monster poop. That's kind of what it is, though. Well, guys, I have the single greatest review for this movie that you could ever have in your hands. This is from another dimension. A dimension that even the other dimensional reviews have not been tackled by. So it's not Sam? This is Sam from an alternate dimension. Oh, okay. One of the best, most underappreciated games. Is this going where I think it's going? <laughs> no. Now hold on to your seat, because you're thinking you're thinking many things. But we'll get into our thought process after this review. Okay. <laughs> the best one of the most underappreciated games. Nine stars. 2007 this game out, by the way. Original released in 1990 for the X. 16 console. <laughs> oh, fuck. TurboGrafx-16. 
16 console. Bonk's Adventure was a cute and lovable platformer that introduced a lovable character, Bonk, who would eventually go on to become the system's mascot. Many people missed out on this underappreciated classic, mainly due to the failure of that console. However, now Bonk Adventure has become available on Wii's virtual console service. While it remains un while it remains clear that Bonk hasn't aged very well, it still remains that everyone who missed out on this classic should give it a look. In Bonk's adventure, you have to take control of the lovable character Bonk, as he must single-handedly must save Princess Zar from the evil King Drool. This means fighting through many different lands and hordes of enemies to get to the king himself. To fight off the forces of evil, Bonk must use his fed. His fed. No, seriously, that's no fabrication. While characters like Mario are known for jumping on their enemies to wipe them out, Bonk uses his large, oversized head to bash out the forces of evil. I'll be... I'll be it. Headbutting... I'll be it. Not all be it. I'll be it. Headbutting enemies, falling headfirst on them, or even flying through the air and letting his head take out all the baddies for him. His name is Bonk. And he lets his head do the work. But I guess you didn't know his name was Bonk. There are five world there are five worlds in Bonk's adventure. Each has many levels and eventually a boss at the end of the world. You can move pretty briefly through these worlds and could eventually complete the game in only an hour or so. Adding this to unfortunate factor is the fact that Bonk's adventure is a very easy game. While the game never really had a very high level of challenge back in its day, it's even more apparent now playing the game in 2007. It's one of the real drawbacks of the game. That shows that Bonk's adventure just doesn't hold up very well to today's standards. From a presentation standpoint, Bonk did wonders for the uh, TurboGrafx-16 console, and Bonk's Adventure still holds up fairly well. While it is still, while it still has the same problem that the other console games had on, the other console games on the Virtual Console have had, being a little washed out visually, the graphics still look very nice and colourful. The worlds are vibrant and cheerful and do a good job of giving the world of Bonk its its own special personality. The sound is also decent. The tunes and music that take place in each world are nice and enjoyable for the ears. And while none of it is very memorable, it is still a good experience for your time in the game. The sound effects, on the other hand, do not hold up quite as well as the music. But they are not terrible. All were great but uh, but they but they're not terrible or will grate at your nerves. While it's very apparent that Bonk's adventure hasn't aged well over the years, it's still an irresistibly fun game for the hour or so it lasts, and will give some insight into what it what is without a doubt one of the most unsung mascots of video game history, as well as give some people an idea of what the TurboGrafx X. 16 console was like the game is going the game is going for 600 Wii points or six dollars for the download of the virtual console and while the game is short and very easy it's more than then likely that it will find its find it a worthy purchase after it's all said and done and that was a review on the IMDB 
message board of reviews for Deep Rising. You know, I think I think on my Wii I actually have 600 points I haven't used yet. You're going to buy Bonk's Adventure? Do I, I could. Do it. Essentially, I've already paid for it if I do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Sam, for that great recommendation of Bonk's Adventure. No it was great to have you on to do a review of Bonk's Adventure. <laughs> I'm very glad that we dedicated this unappreciated masterpiece to Bonk's Adventure. <laughs> Did I mention his name's Bonk? No, and he's I on an I adventure? I got confused at one point because it said something about him throwing his head. and I I think he uses his head as the weapon instead yeah, of jumping. I, I, it confused me with this other game called Plock. No, you're not thinking of that. You're thinking of Bonk. Yes, not Plock. No, it's Plock's, Bonk's adventure. Plock's not after, you know, his uh, princess and the like, evil king. He's after his pants. Yeah, well, there you go. So, Sam, thank you for being on for Bonk's adventure. Bartek, thank you for being on for Bonk's adventure. Ryan, thank you for being on Bonk's adventure. And the audience, may you always be Bonk's adventure to each other. Deep Rising. <laughs> that too. We also did Deep Rising. That, that was the other part. That was like the first You, you forgot, minutes. you forgot... Right. I forgot that Deep Rising was in the Bonk universe yes. or the Bonkverse. I was I was hoping when the review read out that what he actually attacked with was I was hoping we were going to say with like tentacle monsters. Yeah, tentacle monsters. Yes. So thank you very much, guys. You guys have an amazing, fantastic, wonderful Bonked people. Uh, Sam, we'll have you on again for Bonk's Adventure Part Two. I look forward in to in which it. Bonk adventures more. <laughs> uh, the if princess you... gets caught again. Ugh. Yep. Uh, as always, guys, remember to be bonk to each other. Yes, and special guests has just arrived. Let's listen to what they have to say. Hi, Rachel. Fuck yeah, I want audience. twisties! Audience, do you want twisties? Mmm, Yeah, and they're green. Audience, oh, chicken flavor. do you want green twisties? Let's, let's review, because life's pretty straight without twisties chicken. Uh, let me have a, let me have a taste of this. It's like Brad tries, Ryan. Nah, it's no Bonk's Adventure, that's for sure. That's a nine-star game. <laughs> Let's go play Bonk's Adventure. Mm, hey, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. All right, guys. We're having to go now. Wait, Sam hasn't had his review yet. Sorry, Sam. Give your review on the, the twisties. Yeah. Are there any Bonk's Adventure? Could do with more head bonking. More head bonking. Yeah. Well, guys, we're off now. We have to go play some Bonk's Adventure. Yeah, and you should thank us. This is two reviews in one episode. Three reviews in one episode. Bonk Deep Rising and Twisty's Chicken. <laughs> Bonk Twisty Rising. So you're welcome.